Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, July 21st, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 323. This is No Agenda. Reporting from the front lines of Gitmo Nation from the Four Winds 5000 Crackpot Command Center, Gitmo Nation, smiling faces, beautiful places. It's the great state of South Carolina. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I have none of those things to say, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, uh, Mr. Curry, and all. In the morning to all ships at sea, feet on the ground, boots in the air, and uh, and uh, I don't know what else. Uh, uh, so yeah, there's uh, got to be another line. Yeah, there. ankles in the stirrups, and of course, uh, in the morning to all the human resources in the chat room now. Noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Uh, obviously charged up, ready to go, exactly the way your government loves them, and living the American dream of just getting by, everybody. So, uh, John, we are in uh, South Carolina. We are at the KOA campground of Mount Pleasant, uh, right near uh, Charleston. Ooh. Yeah. Which uh, And did you know, by the way... Have you been way, to Charleston? Did you go to Charleston? No, we're going to go to Charleston after the show, after we upload everything. Uh, we're actually going to strike camp, and we're going you're to... Go, dr- you're going to die when you go to Charleston. <laughs> well, we're, we're for all intents and purposes, we're in Charleston, but do you mean from heat? No, I mean, well, there's that. No, it's, it's just one of the prettiest towns in the world. Oh, yeah. Well, it's uh, 116 degrees today, uh, and so everything I always said about global warming, I take it back. It's here. <laughs> it's in the south. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah. So let me give you a little uh, update on the Hot Pocket uh, 2008 tour. By the way, can I say something first? It's always hot in the south. I don't think this is anything new. Yeah. Well, the, you know, it's kind of like a heat wave that got going on, and people are all complaining about it and talking about it. They're always complaining yeah. down there. So, um, first of all, we are on a 3G connection. Uh, you know, I have three networks that are brought with me, AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile. Uh, even though the campground does have Wi-Fi, uh, I tested all last night. I tested it this morning, and I can literally see iComp, so packets are being dropped. I, I think one of the... Uh, RVers is uh, bit torrenting, wife swapping porn or something, and uh, it's, it's literally breaking the connection. Which I don't understand how that works. I mean, why would it just break, just drop out? I don't know. It just su- he just apparently sucks the bits right out of the air, <laughs> creating a vacuum. I wonder if it's like a clash of Wi-Fi or something. But anyway, so you know, knock on wood. Um, the best network here is AT and T. I've got four bars, and uh, I did some testing to San Francisco. I get about uh, a megabit and a half download and about 700 kilobit upload. So uh, that seems sufficient. I had two bars on the Verizon 3G and about one bar on T-Mobile. Huh. Uh, so um, well, This accounts for the fact that a lot of people can't understand why everyone in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is notorious for Apple users, is com- constantly complaining about AT&T and everyone's saying, what? I don't know. I don't have a problem. Yeah. It's just the Bay Area. Or maybe uh, you know the use of their mobile network. I don't know, but T-Mobile actually does quite well in the South. Uh, but there are some spots where you just get absolutely nothing. Uh, but anyway, so uh, we are in the. Well, how, do you, uh, <coughs> how do you how do you switch between networks? What do, what's the deal? Oh, so what I um I um I have wireless tethering on all of them. So if something should happen, then I just have to switch networks. So I can just switch to. The, I have three phones. 
So oh. I've, I've uh, the AT&T iPhone jailbroken, which is tethering. I've got the uh, T-Mobile lets you do tethering without anything. And uh, Verizon, by the way, when you tether that, oh, man, you got to go through all these loops because, of course, they just started their, you know, their non-unlimited uh, bandwidth thing. you got to call them up and... Then and then all of a sudden all these sites are not working because oh it could it could have, it could have porn so you got to you got to call them up again and have that removed all for your protection all for your uh, it's all for your security Squirrel! Verizon may actually be worse than AT and T I think so I think so anyway let me give you a little update John as to what's happened last we spoke we were in uh, Virginia. Uh, we were still in uh, Baroness Maggie Vincent of Virginia's driveway, who, of course, uh, has graciously offered us her RV, uh, which is holding together quite nicely. We're very, uh, very happy, and uh, everything's working beautifully. Um, was it uh, on Monday, we uh, started driving south. Uh, we wanted to get to North Carolina, and we actually uh, stopped off in Salem, Virginia, and had lunch with uh, Jimmy from FreeHollowBooks.com. Oh, which was great. Did you get another book? <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, we got Kid, uh, Kid Stays in the Picture. Go on. Yeah, and he's, um, uh, and I signed about 20 of his books uh, so that, you know, to raise the price. He's like, this works really well. You sign them, I'll sell them for more money, and then we get give more to the show. I'm like, all right. So, uh, freehollowbooks.com is great to meet him. He looks nothing like I imagined he'd look like. You know, I imagine like, Kind of like a hippie kind of guy. Remember, he sent me tobacco and all this great stuff, and he's growing himself. And uh, uh, what did he give us now, uh, Mickey? He gave us uh, chili peppers, chili peppers, tomatoes from his own garden. The guy is looks like he's so collegiate. You know, he's all buff and pumped. He's got a you know, like kind of like almost like a military uh, haircut. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, he's uh, he's in Virginia. He's obviously in the agency. No, well, he's not. He's not. I know what he does, but I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> and it's and it, that's what I said. No, but it's not. It's actually worse than that. But I'm not allowed to say. And what I've discovered is that here's here's what a large portion of our audience is. They actually work in all these evil organizations that we harp on every single show, and it's like a release for them. They're like, oh, finally someone you know that I, I can share my someone feelings. Notices. Someone notices. Yeah, someone notices that we're actually horrible, evil, uh, evildoers. And, and he works for a real evil company. Uh, but he, but yeah, you know, it's it, that's really what it is. You know, all those cats up in Virginia who all work, you know, have security clearances and stuff, and work on all kinds of crazy programs that I apps I cannot talk about it on the show because you know it would put them in danger, at least of losing their job and who knows what else. Uh, so so it also gives me great hope because uh, chop a finger off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, like uh, Hank Paulson. No, but it, it gives me great hope because if we ever need to really well, that's sound the thing, alarm, you know, have the have the bat signal go, these guys could all mess yeah. up a lot of stuff. No, get us out of jail. Yeah. Um, so let me see. Uh, so that so we had lunch at a great place called the Blue Apron in uh, Salem, which is a beautiful, beautiful uh, restaurant. Um, I had a skirt steak that would not stop. Oh, it was so good. The cooking here is great. Um, then we uh, continued down south to uh, uh, North Carolina, and uh, we pulled up to uh, Stuart Green's house. Now, Stuart runs a trailer park, a really nice trailer park, I have to say. With, I don't know, hundreds of units, and uh, it's all beautiful, and 
manicured lawns. So we can always revert to living there. Totally. Rent is two hundred and fifty bucks a month. It's perfect. Um, great drive, really nice, and he's a beautiful, beautiful guy. Uh, beautiful wife, lovely child, and he had organized the uh, North Carolina Asheville meetup, and uh, and that was cool. It was kind of last minute, so I think we had uh, eh, ten. Sheville. Yeah, <laughs> actually, uh, Lauren Clawhammer. Uh, you can see her pictures on the uh, on Mickey's uh, Off Your Facebook uh, site. Uh, she came in. She's a producer. And she walked right in. She says, hey, is this where the lesbian meetup is taking place? <laughs> I was like, yeah, come on in, baby. Um, so uh, we had, let me see, uh, I have to thank a couple people, uh, some Hot Pockets producers, uh, Ciro Pachirio, I think is how I pronounce it. He gave us $100 gas money. That's highly appreciated. Uh, Glenn Woodfin gave us four silver dollars. Uh, which you know will be very valuable soon. Uh, it seems like gold and silver is doing quite well. Thank you very much. Uh, it was it was cool. I mean, you know, again, some people came in from the mountains. Um, there's one guy, Jerry, uh, who is uh, I think he's uh, actually he beats you. Yeah, he, I think he's almost seventy. And uh, he came ah. da- he came down from the mountains and uh, had a hotel with his wife. And uh, was you know he's like you know I only got uh, satellite internet up there and uh, they limit him to four hundred megabytes a day so he has to choose what shows he downloads, which is Off horrible. A satellite? Yeah, yeah, they limit him four hundred megs. Can you believe that? Huh. Yeah. Should be like <laughs> unlimited bandwidth off a satellite. Yeah, you should, but it's not what he gets. Then, uh, so we, we were pretty tired after that, and we had, uh, it was, it was, what was the name of that place? Uh, the Yacht Club, right? Some uh, crazy-ass metal biker guy, uh, <laughs> bass player, uh, owns it, and he, uh, he really took good care of us, and we missed you, John. Every, I'll tell you, at that table there, uh, 95% of all producers got turned on to the show because of your appearances on uh, Twit. Well, I'm glad that Twit came in handy. Yeah, I'm just saying. And, and then people are like, hey, this is really good. And we should hear John on Twit more. I'm just saying. Uh, I went back to bed. Uh, uh, now, we've learned a couple of important things. We need a minimum of uh, 20 amps in order to run the air conditioner in the RV. And uh, Stuart only had us hooked up to a 15-amp circuit. So we, uh, uh, we got through the night with fans only. But that was actually okay. It, didn't, it was no problem. Um, and then before leaving Asheville, of course, when you're in Asheville, what do you have to see? What is the number one attraction? I guess that's you give up? Or did I just lose Well, no, you? I'm just commenting that your, your connection is breaking up horribly. Yeah, I'm sorry. So what is the, no, number, what's the number one attraction? Biltmore Home. Oh yeah, no, I've been there. Yeah, it's uh, it's the largest privately owned house in America, owned by. Wasn't that was uh, George Vanderbilt? Was he one of the robber barons? Is that what he was? Uh, was it George that owned that? Yeah, it was not he, Cornelius. No, no, George built it. Yeah. Huh. Wasn't he? Uh, a, their family was a huge shipping operation. They, uh, they, but there's a winery attached to that. Yeah, place. oh yeah, gardens, winery. I mean, you can you can get married there. They have an inn. They, it's like it's incredible. It's a huge operation. By the way, forty bucks a person to get in. Hello. 
Uh, these evil elites just keep screwing us, even when they're dead. That shouldn't be that high. I, I don't remember paying that. I, I must. Oh, I think I. Oh yeah, I think I went to. I think you can go to the gift shop and, and sneak in the back way for free. Yeah, it sounds like something you'd do. There's some. There's. I didn't. I obviously didn't spend forty bucks. I wasn't about to spend forty bucks to look at somebody's house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I felt that it was kind of obligatory. And you know, when will we ever be back in Asheville? So. Um, we went, and here's some irony for you. So, of course, this is uh, the family home of uh, Anderson Vanderbilt Pooper. And I asked, by the way, he never comes by. And uh, there's 43 bathrooms in this place, but you can't use any of them. I mean, how ironic is it? I can't poop in Anderson Pooper's house. How is that ironic in any way? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just it's interesting, I'm just, but ironic. <laughs> I'm just talking crap. Anyway, then we left, uh, hauled it down. We wanted to make it in time for our reservation here in uh, South Carolina in Charleston. Unfortunately, we couldn't pass by Marvin and Joshua's Exxon station. Uh, they're at exit 135 on Route I-95, um, and it would have taken us like an hour and a half out of our way. And it was a real bummer, so we called them, and we had a nice chat, and uh, they were really disappointed. I felt really bad, but it's like, we just had to haul ass. And Mickey, Mickey is actually, she thinks the, uh, the interstate route numbers is the speed limit. It's unbelievable. This woman, she, she drives like she cooks. It's either fire off or fire on. Um, so we did make it in time. Well, don't put her on the 101. <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, we, we couldn't see Marvin and his uh, son Joshua, and uh, they got all kinds of commitments, so they couldn't come down for the show today either. But I promised them some karma, so let me hand that out right now. You've got karma. Especially because they were going to give us a free tank of gas, and we could have used it. So I'm real sorry we missed them. Oh, and John, something you would have appreciated. Uh, Halfway down, Mickey has some kind of crazy app where you, you can find all these farms and stuff in the U.S. We went to Live Oak Farms, which is probably about two hours uh, north of, uh, of Charleston, where they have raw milk, eggs, everything fresh, homemade, jam, uh, just beautiful uh, farm. And we picked up a whole bunch of stuff. We had some uh, cottage cheese made fresh. And the whole thing runs on solar panels. They got like uh, fifty wow. huge solar panels uh, right there, sitting in the in the farmland, and it powers everything. All the refrigerators, the whole deal. So it's beautiful, just fantastic. Having a great time so and, far. Yeah, and unfortunately, you you know you you get you you hook up, you get back to kind of civilization, then you start reading the news. You're like, oh, it ain't all that good. It's nice when you can't yeah. watch anything, and then, you know, because I spent a marathon yesterday watching C-SPAN clips and stuff people have sent me and checking out the No Agenda News Networks. Like, oh, really? Unbelievable. Well, uh, we do have some stuff to talk about. Let me guess. You got but sucked the in. The trouble is C-SPAN got screwed over because... I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. C-SPAN screwed us over by having all these British hearings, which were, they're, they're boring, these, these British hearings. I did get some choice gems, but, I get, but mostly from the Parliament guy screaming at each other. You know, well, I, I, want, I want you to play a couple clips that I have my take on it, and I actually have uh, something myself that I found. But, of course, this is the, uh, the distraction of the week, and it's... And so C-SPAN actually has just decided to negate their actual job of bringing us 
our own government's evilness, and now they're showing UK hey, stuff? What you said you got you. Now, what I said was C-SPAN has actually negated their job of, uh, of bringing us our own government's evilness, and now they've decided that it's important for them to, uh, uh, to do British stuff? Well, our own government is just talking about the budget anyway, so it's getting kind of old. Um, I have a couple of... Uh, well, first of all, let's start with something completely different, which is that we, we've discussed in the past on this show the fact that uh, we believe most professional sports are rigged. Oh yes. Uh, what do you mean we and believe? Somewhere along the line, we we've we've predicted it accurately yeah. every single time of the World no, Cup. We believe, but yeah. we believe that all sports are rigged. That's why we can predict them. Right. But we forgot. We didn't even pay any attention to the women's soccer. Yeah. Where the so called you know where the the powerhouse of female soccer, which is the United States, by the way, but for some unknown reason, the Japanese won there the <laughs> the World Cup. Yeah, the reason is called Fukushima. What do you mean? They needed a boost, an economic boost. So uh, play uh, the clip one two finish in another rigged game. Okay, hold on a second. I just gotta get everything all set up here. Alrighty, let's hit it. One. Off the turn four, checkered flag goes in the air. 15th career win for Ryan Newman, and right behind him, his teammate. One, two, finish. What is that? Tour de France? That was NASCAR's Army car winning. Ah! (laughs) How do do you say that? It hasn't won all year. Yeah, huh? It hasn't won all year, and now all of a sudden, now this is interesting because it not only the Army car, the, the Army NASCAR, the sponsored car, after we played that clip of that woman in Congress complaining about the uh, government you know, financing these cars for promotion, they, the Army car, for the first time this season, wins, and coincidentally, the guy who's a teammate, which is Tony Stewart, comes in second which is rare that this is two guys in the same team come in one, two. And Tony Stewart, I, I believe, was assuaged because Stewart's the one about three or four years ago, he's a famous racer, who claimed that NASCAR was totally rigged. Yeah. So, so okay, here, Tony, you, you can get second. Well, here's your pot full of money. Just shut, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Should we play the uh, that clip from that douchebag woman again about... Uh the motor, the what does she call motor, motor ship, <laughs> motor ship motor, grass, motor sharks. <laughs> yeah. she, she, the one that can yeah. play it. Yeah. Know that we're at war in in Iraq and Afghanistan. They don't need a racing car to tell them that we have a volunteer military and our country's at war. Already this year, the Republican Congress has voted to cut nutrition programs for the poor, hungry, and for infants. And this <laughs> this majority is cutting investments Uncreed in energy Uncreed. efficiency and high Love gas prices. I urge my colleagues to support this amendment and Wait. to limit the motorship <laughs> sponsor racing to twenty million dollars. Motorship, motorship. <laughs> Hungry and for infants. You know, someone sent me a note and said, "You know, you guys totally missed it. This woman is MK Ultra. She's getting the same uh, brainwave reversal." Uh, uh, radiation that those newscasters get. That's what happened. This is this is not, this is purely. Uh, she's programmed to talk. It's all a part of the NASCAR system, and uh, she got confused. <laughs> she's she's terrible. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I I just was just cracking up when the army uh, car won. It, it makes so much sense. It really does. Like we've got it. Yo, go troops, go war! Yay! 
Yeah. Of course, NASCAR started in Asheville. You know that, right? No, I, I, I think I did know that, but I, it doesn't come to mind. Yeah, yeah I, I got a big lecture on that from, uh, from Stewart. Uh, he says, you know, everyone talks about uh, you know NASCAR, but it really... You know, Jimmy Johnson uh, was running moonshine. That's how it all started, running moonshine from Asheville. And apparently Jimmy Johnson is still running moonshine, and you know he's got a new label and everything. He's just still making it. <laughs> ah, you got to love uh, the South. It's beautiful. Yeah, well, it's definitely entertaining. So uh, anyway, so th- I thought that was kind of funny, a little bit off topic, but uh, but thematic. And uh, then the, the Japanese thing, I'm just annoyed that we didn't n- not only pick up on it earlier, but we didn't bet on it because we, we, it's a sure we, thing. Yeah, we could have made bets. some money. We could have made some money. Actually, uh, I was watching the Dutch team. Uh, I was following the American team for a while. And uh, and then the Japanese just came out of nowhere. It's like, yeah, yeah, we could have absolutely predicted. We could have predicted the NASCAR, too. It's all rigged. Yeah. It's all bread and games for the slaves. Yeah, I think we're just slow on the draw. You want to... Uh, so anyway, I... Yeah. Well, go on with... You, you take something, because I got a bunch of Cameron clips that uh, in Parliament. Uh, there's one, two, three, four, five of these clips, and they're they're all different enough and funny enough. That a couple of them are just hilarious. In fact, I'll just let's play one of the ones that I think is amusing. You know how Monty Python used to always uh, mock, you know, females, because we were... No, JC and I were watching the... Uh, parliament and we've noticed that the, the the women in parliament with the exception of a couple of blondes are all they all look like monty python characters the <laughs> yeah. guys in drag yeah yeah and they all talk like and, this yes well here's the one who not only talks like that the most but she, but she, apparently when they call on her everybody hoots and hollers and the speaker of that of the parliament has to stop them and t- and, and just scold them for letting not letting her talk fear or favor they should go where the evidence leads they should arrest whoever they choose they couldn't have a clearer message or more support from the government where perry today is the anniversary of the moon the honorable lady miss pierre i don't know why people say ooh when i call the honorable lady for device is a extraordinary choice of response i want to hear the honorable lady claire perry <laughs> they're, they're all the glitches. They're all. They know it. They're all like it's Monty Python. <laughs> Today, people will know is the anniversary of the moon landing, around which conspiracy theorists like to cluster. May I urge the Prime Minister, that rather than listening to the vapid conspiracy hackgate theorists, he focus on the facts. Can he tell us what he's doing to toughen up the rules around the use of checkers to make sure it is never used for slumber parties for media tycoons again? Did she say checkers? Yeah, checkers, I guess, is like a... What am I missing? I, 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 I would... I was going to look it up. Somebody in the chat room might know, but the checkers is the, it was like some facility owned by the government, which I see there a house or a home or, or huh. something. Checkers. A hall. And I guess they, you, they, it's like link. It's like the Lincoln bedroom where I guess they were renting it out to anybody who had a lot of money. I do. I got to tell you though, of course the, uh, Gitmo nation East parliament is much more evolved. You know, it's a much older country than uh, the United States. So they've got their, their show is down. You know, they they, they they all know their parts and know when to hoot and holler. Uh, yeah, and, and, it's good. and here somebody says liar. Oh, and, and know, oh, during a speech. And, yeah, everyone freaks oh, out. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah no, we're, we're, this is much more entertaining. I, I was listening along to our national treasure, which, by the way, the strongest FM signal you can get anywhere in the South is always NPR. You know, we're trying to groove to some country music. It keeps fading in and out, and then, uh, uh, there's more. And I want you to play a couple more because I do have a, <clears throat> I have some thoughts about uh, this uh, this phone hacking scandal. Um, of course, uh, your assertion, and I and I might actually have some stuff to back it up, is that this is basically the either CIA slash FBI at war with MI6. And of course, everyone who listens to this show knows that all these organizations, these uh, uh, covert secret spying agencies, are deeply embedded with uh, with with the media, as are the police, as are uh, the politicians. Like, duh! But man, the guys on NPR—they're like orgasming over this. The, the guys at the New York Times orgasming, like, Ugh, oh, this is so awesome! You know, they they are just—they're so happy. It's just, it's disgusting. Yeah, I know. It's, it is disgusting. And they are so happy because it's like one, they're on one of the sides, I guess. Well, I have a couple. Just a, another one that's just kind of off topic. I have Cameron use Then the only reason I made this clip is because there was an article in the BBC like two days ago that, was, that I blogged that discussed the fact that the British hate Americanisms. But meanwhile, Cameron throws one out that makes zero sense in England, as far as I'm concerned. Play the buck stops here. Okay, hold on a second. Just a little slow with the fingers today. So, uh, uh, everything's getting sweaty again. I can't move stuff. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Was she right, or was she merely trying to protect her friend, the Prime Minister? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the decision was mine. In politics, in the end, the buck stops here with the Prime Minister. I made the decision. <laughs> I defend it. the decision, and I give it a very. Full yeah. well, how what does that even mean in England? Now he had. Uh, they they, <laughs> they don't had, call anything a buck. Don't they use bucks? <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't hear anyone protest too much. Yeah, it's just a what, what, buck, buck, buck. Let me hear. Let me just roll that back one second. I made the decision. I defend the decision, and I've given a very full explanation about it today. Uh, sorry, I didn't quite go back far enough. Let me listen again. She's merely trying to protect her friend, the Prime Minister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The decision was mine. In politics, in the end, the buck stops here with the Prime Minister. I made the decision. I defend the decision, and I've given a very full explanation about it today. Interesting. Well, Obama says it too, and of course that originated with uh, FDR, was it not? Harry Truman. Oh, Truman, right. But when he says the buck, what, okay. what is the actual etymology of the buck stops here? What, it, what is inferred with buck? It means, I don't know, it doesn't have nothing to do with the buck itself. It had to do with the dollar bill, and it would stop at, in other words, the final decision had to be be made at one point and it would be here's where it's here's where all the bull crap now, i know i know right what it here. means but i'm just trying to understand the actual use of the word I don't know. I, you're gonna have to go back to 1946 or whenever <laughs> well hold on 47. hold on let's get into our time machine and let's go back to 1946 <laughs> <laughs> okay so anyway so i have two clips i want to get to let's give since we're getting before you get to your theory uh, i didn't realize until i we listened to these things for hours on end what a douchebag cameron is duh now, I have two instances where he does the absolute most astonishing version of not answering a question 
that is extremely direct. And, uh, and and there are two clips, douchebag one and douchebag two. These are different times during the hearings. One was came out maybe an hour later or so, but it's and two different questions. There's about two different things he refuses to answer. And then look at the way he handles it. All, Mr. John Cryer. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Order. The house, order. Order. I'll have two hamburgers. The House will listen to Mr. John Cryer. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. On July the 8th, the Prime Minister said that he commissioned a company to do a basic background check on Coulson. Now, for the fourth time, I'm asking for the name of the company. It's a pretty simple question. Just come to the dispatch box and name the company. Yes. We did hire a company to do a basic background check, and that is an entirely appropriate thing to do, <laughs> and uh, it was an entirely appropriate report. But I have to say, the reason I hired him was, the, above all, the assurances that he gave me. That is the key part of the decision, and that's what I'm prepared to say. It's that Miliband thing, where you just don't answer the question. It's weird. And, and then here's another question that he won't answer in Douchebag 2. Mr. Dennis Skinner. Mr. Skinner. In the course of the past few minutes, the Prime Minister has been asked a simple question twice and refused to answer it. As Prime Minister, did he ever discuss the question of the B Sky bid with news internationals at all the meetings that they attended? I never had one inappropriate conversation. <laughs> let me be clear. Let me be clear. Let, listen, let me be clear. Eat I your peas. Completely, I completely took myself out of any decision-making about this bid. I had no role in it. I had no role in when the announcements were going to be made. That is the point. And when the Honourable Gentleman makes signals like that, I have to say... Order. <laughs> House again needs to calm down. The quest order. The quest. What is the the English word for douchebag? A douchebag? No, no, no. They don't say douchebag. Surely they say like vaginal washing Delta sack. Bravo. <laughs> vaginal washing sack. Question was properly no, heard. Delta Bravo. <laughs> no, they don't say that. I guarantee you, the, the douchebag is you feminine hygiene sack. The prime minister's answer must be properly heard. The Prime Minister. Uh, I've, I've answered the question. And the point, the point I would make is, unlike the party he's been supporting for the last God knows how many years, this party set out all its contacts, all its meetings, everything it did, in stark contrast to the party opposite. Mr Tobias Elwood. Yeah. Mr Speaker, this... Alright, right. do you have more? Because i got to say something now. I got one more and then we'll be done okay now this is interesting because i didn't notice it until i was editing the clip and it's apparently uh, there was a whole bunch of sleaze balls in gordon brown's thing and and, and throughout this this uh, discussion cameron is keeps pointing them out but in this case he points out something after some question and then he just been just just under his breath and you can just barely hear it in the clip you're going to have to listen uh, carefully he says gotcha okay hold on yeah I got it. But Damien McBride. You had Alistair Campbell. You had Alistair Campbell falsifying documents in government. You've still got Tom Baldwin working in your office. Yeah. 
that, you bully. Damn you. I gotcha. I gotcha. gotcha. I gotcha. Wow. All right. So let me just say something. Um, I am actually leaning towards Murdoch in all of this. Uh, <laughs> I am. And in general, I think that, uh, and I've dealt with lots of journalists, jur- I mean, I, uh, particularly of the uh, celebrity tabloid variety. They hide out in trash cans. They ambush people, you know, which, by the way, is always okay. There's never a problem. Uh, I live in Los Angeles. I see it happen a lot. You know, there's just celebrities, uh, they literally are just like stalked beasts. Um, And there's all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of, you know, rummaging through trash, break-ins, stealing stuff. Uh, You know, if if you really want to get information about organizations, then you're going to have to resort to some... Uh, dodgy at best tactics. I'm not trying to say it's uh, right or legal or whatever, but of course the outrage only came after uh, it was uh, revealed that they hacked into a dead girl's phone and of course saved the children. Everyone's freaking out. But this distraction, and this is what bothers me so much about the news media, is they are all salivating and just literally having orgasmic explosions over this but where is the media when we talk about the actual crimes of governments? Like, let's take uh, phone tapping. Let's take uh, Echelon. Let's take what our own government is doing, actually sucking up all communications, listening to everything we do, tracking all of our online moves, You know, p- putting all kinds of filters and routers in place. Uh, we have an entire vacuum cleaner in San Francisco, that AT&T building. No one... No one says anything about that. No, that's okay. It's okay for the government to, for our own government to break the law massively and finagle and twist the law. And where is the press? Nowhere. They're all huge douchebags. I'm sorry, vaginal uh, hygiene sacks. And it really is. You should be playing the douchebag clip. Yeah, this is one for all media. Douchebag. It really is annoying, and you just—it's like that. This is such inside baseball. They are so loving this. They are just oh, it's disgusting. And and any journalist who is on this story and talk, it's just they're immediate douchebag. Because where is their reporting about what's actually happening with our governments? The UK, by the way, is ten times worse. Uh, it's okay to have cameras on every corner of the street. It's okay for Gitmo Nation lowlands to start fingerprinting people digitally in the street. That's okay. It's okay to shoot DNA dust onto people so you can track them. That's okay. No, all of that's fine. So instead, we're sucked into this huge reality show. Uh, which, by the way, Murdoch's making lots of money on. It's great. It's good for business. Everyone's reading his papers, watching his TV shows. It's just, it, it makes me, it's abhorrent. There you go. Thank you, chat room. Completely Play the abhorrent. Pet peeve theme. Pet, pet peeve, pet peeve. Douchebags. Now, that said, that said, there is some very funny stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, there's some amazingly funny stuff. And, uh, did you see what happened with uh, Pierce Morgan? Now, now, you and I have discussed Pierce Morgan before. He, of course, we know that this guy is totally crooked. Uh, he uh, did pump and dumps when he was editor of the Daily Mail. Uh, he wrote about uh, companies that he held stock in. I mean, the guy's a total sleaze bucket, total. And of course, he you know thought he would like kind of uh, slip out and be okay. So there's this uh, member of Parliament 
Louise Mensch. And Louise, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Louise Mensch is very interesting. Uh, first of all, I was like, where do I know this name from? She is. She just recently got married to Peter Mensch. Do you know who that is, Peter Mensch? Uh, Peter Mensch rings a bell. No, he is uh, Metallica's manager. He uh, manages Red Hot oh, okay. Chili Peppers, and she writes kind of like uh, sleazy chick books. And she's a total. I mean, she, she's. Uh, let me see. She actually got married to Peter Mensch and didn't tell her own kids from her previous marriage. Uh, yeah, she uh, she's really weird, and she's she's a gold digger. It seems like she's totally a, a socialite. She's kind of hot, have to say that. And uh, this is a somewhat longer clip, but uh, Wolf Blitzer interviews her, plays a clip of something she said during these hearings, and then gets Pierce Morgan on to rebut what she's saying. And you know that she's on solid ground. Listen to this. Piers Morgan, who is now a celebrity anchor at CNN, who do not appear to have asked him any questions at all about phone hacking, as a former editor of the Daily Mirror, he said in his book The Insider recently, and I quote, that the little trick of entering a standard four-digit code allow anyone to call a number and hear all your messages. In that book, he boasted that using that little trick enables him to win Scoop of the Year on a story about Sven Goran Eriksson. So that is a former editor of the Daily Mirror being very open about his personal use of phone hacking okay uh daily mirror not the daily mail so what she i don't know if you could hear the clip but she's essentially saying in his forthcoming book pierce morgan talks about how awesome this is that you just use a, a pin code that's standard set by all cell phone companies and you can uh, listen to uh to their voicemails and uh, and that's how i got some big scoops and Pierce Morgan, of course, not liking this. All right, what evidence do you have uh, to make that kind of accusation? No, first she hides behind parliamentary uh, uh, privilege or whatever. ...against Pierce Morgan. Well, I'm, oh, I said what I said in the committee, Wolf, and I'm afraid right now I'm going to say that I can't comment about it outside of the committee room because, as Mr. Morgan will know, inside Parliament, when I speak at a select committee of Parliament, I am protected by absolute parliamentary privilege. To uh, repeat something outside of Parliament doesn't give me that cloak of privilege, and Mr. Morgan is a very rich man. So I am sure that the ferocious investigative journalists at CNN and across the news media in the United States will take careful note of what was said in the committee and look into it. That's the best I'm afraid I'm going to be able to do on legal grounds. So that's like a total, that's a, that's a hit. That's a two to the head. Had you heard about this? No, I missed that one. It, this this blew me away. So then, of course, we got to get Pierce on. Well, I understand the legal grounds. Pierce Morgan is joining us on the phone right now. I want to give him a chance to respond. I guess Pierce is on vacation. He couldn't come into the studio. ...to that very direct allegation you made against him and his reputation. Pierce, go ahead and uh, respond and uh, tell Mrs. Mensch what you think. Well, I'm amused by her cowardice in, in refusing to repeat that allegation yeah. now. She's not in Parliament and covered by privilege. Uh, as she may be already aware, she came out with an absolute blatant lie during those proceedings. At no stage in my book, or indeed outside of my book, have I ever boasted of using phone hacking for any stories. For the record, in my time at the Mirror and the News of the World, I have never hacked a phone, told anybody to hack a phone, or published any story based on the hacking of a phone. And what she did today was a deliberate, in my view, and outrageous attempt to smear my name, CNN's name, the Daily Mirror's name, 
And I think her now to have the breathtaking gall to just sit here calmly and say, I can't possibly repeat that because I haven't got privilege, is an outrage. And I call on you, Miss Mensch, now to repeat it. Show some balls. Repeat what you said about <laughs> Show some balls. And then maybe go and buy a copy of my book, The Insider, and see where in that book these claims that you made today in a uh, televised committee watched all over the world where that claim is in that book. So there are a couple of interesting things. First of all, apparently you, in Parliament you can say whatever you want. You can't just disparage people in the United Kingdom because you can get sued and for a lot of money. And you can go down. You can't just uh, defame people. So that's interesting that in Parliament, when, you're, when it's being televised, you can just say whatever you want, which is good enough because you know, it's true. It's like, here, Pierce, take that. Uh, and secondly, I think because she's in the publishing world uh, uh, through her marriage to Peter Mensch, I think she might have uh, uh, an earlier manuscript of the book, something that might have been taken out. <coughs> that's prob- That's quite likely. Most books, uh, in fact, I've... Uh, yeah, yeah, you've published a, a lot of books. Yeah. Ed- <laughs> no, I'm tied with a lot of New York editors, and I keep hearing about stuff that, that was taken out of books. And it, and it gets passed around as gossip around New York, mm-hmm. and uh, it turns out the uh, the stuff is really some of it's pretty juicy. I mean, some of the stuff is like wow. And they, but this, the publishers are kind of sheepish about putting certain things in because they have lawyers go over these books, especially if they're written by politicians or anything to do with politics, and they'll pull that crap out real fast. Right. Because the publisher can get sued if, uh, you know, uh, although I don't see how th- why that particular anecdote would have been pulled out. That's the only thing that kind of, because I don't see where it's, I mean, now I can see it today, but, but when this book was, went, was in galleys, I don't see why someone would pull that out. But anyway, it, it's all irrelevant. It's just entertaining. And uh, it's obvious that uh, the whole idea is here, uh, certainly in the United Kingdom, uh, all commercial media bad. BBC good. BBC rocks. BBC is not the Ministry of Truth. These are the guys who tell it like it is. The Guardian good. They've got big balls. This is just more psyops programming of your mind. And by the way, uh, nice that uh, not one but two whistleblowers came uh, at a, to an untimely end of their lives. Did you know about the first whistleblower, George Webley? No, I know about the second one because I think that was. I think that now ranks as the most email <laughs> yeah. news story. Uh, not suspicious, by the way. Not at all. It's not suspicious. We don't know how he died. There's no, it doesn't say heart attack or he just died. He just died. <laughs> it's, it, it, how bad is it? If you get killed, that's one thing. But to not even tell people how you died, that sucks. These guys are getting blatant. So Webley, George Webley, he's a, actually he's a very colorful. He died uh, <clears throat> in. Uh, I think it was March. And uh, you, you will remember, that. so he, he's a composer, he's a producer, he did the, the original music for The Office, uh, he hosted Have I Got News For You on uh, BBC One, <clears throat> he was a radio host in the 90s, and he, uh, <clears throat> uh, at one point he said that Sky bugged the dressing rooms of the guests in order to get candid off-air scoops when they were on some of these uh, kind of like celebrity television shows. Uh, and not just their uh, dressing rooms, but the green room. And, uh, yeah, he died of a heart attack uh, this past May. At the actually. age of 53. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this past May. They still haven't released the full coroner's report because, gee, that would suck. 
And uh, so he was the first guy to kind of blow the whistle. And, you know, I don't think Murdoch is the kind of guy that's going around ordering hits on people. This is, it's obvious that this is much, much deeper than we'll ever know, than will ever come out. They're going to keep it very superficial. But there is something interesting with, uh, maybe this uh, shows a little tip of the hat as to how it works. Have you heard of the Bureau of Investigative Journalism in the United Kingdom? Yeah, I have. I've went into their website once in a while. Yeah, so the Bureau of Investigative Journalism, they came out, uh, they've come out with a number of uh, primarily anti-U.S. stories. And they came out with... uh, this story about the number of civilians who have been killed by drones that the U.S. has been uh, flying around uh, everywhere that we don't have an official war. And uh, by their count, you know, it's at least 65, 45 or 65 civilians. Kids have been killed. They've got photographic evidence. And the Pentagon turns around and says, no, that's not true. They were all combatants. All of them were evil combatants and terrorists. And so these guys are pressing pretty hard against, well, obviously the CIA. This is where the new research comes in. It's been done by the Bureau of Investigative Journalism, which is a non-profit organization of journalists to dig into this kind of thing. Uh, Now, they've done some work on strikes carried out since August the 23rd. Uh, 2010, which is when there was a particular strike which caused civilian casualties and when the U.S. says it changed its policy. Now, they say that by their reckoning, 45 people, uh, civilians who were not militants or key figures in the leadership of al-Qaeda or the Taliban, were killed uh, during that period. They're looking at a further 15 incidents where they would estimate at least another 60 uh, uninvolved people were killed, making well over 100 Uh, casualties. Now, the U.S. has responded to the Bureau of Investigative Journalism saying that these are wild, wildly off these figures. They've rejected them. But this is the response of the Bureau's Chris Woods to that. We had feedback from the intelligence community saying categorically, even having seen our summary findings, they stand by their view that absolutely no civilians uh, have been killed in Pakistan since August 23rd last year. Yet we have named individuals, named children, we have photographic evidence, we've sent researchers into the field in Waziristan to look at this, we followed it up through NGOs and lawyers in Pakistan, and the, we, we can't understand why they're categorically saying no civilian deaths when our evidence seems to absolutely show that. All all these claims are quite hard to back up, aren't they? Well, no, in a sense that there is quite a lot of reporting from within the tribal areas, by coincidence, an exhibition of photographs. All right, so we can keep on going with that. But I find this highly interesting that we have this independent, non-commercial organization called the Bureau of Investigative Journalism, uh, who were funded by the David uh, David and Elaine Potter Foundation, and so I'm looking for a connection between the funding and MI6. Because this is clearly a, a pitted against the, uh, the CIA and the other intelligence organizations in the U.S. David Potter should ring a bell for you, John, as he was the founder and CEO of Psyon. Psyon? Yeah, remember the computers? Oh, that, little, that little calculator? Yes! That's the British, the little, yeah, in fact, I have the Scion 1 as a collector's item. I, I've got a, I think, a Scion, the one that uh, that slides up and then you can plug a modem right, into it. that's the one it. I yeah. have. Yeah, I got it one of those up. somewhere, yeah. So, uh, in 1980... Yeah, Scion Organizer 1, 1984. Yep. So, uh, he, he started the company, ran it for more than 20 years, 
Scion became a leader in software for home microcomputers. Uh, in 84, using radical technology, the Scion team invented the organizer. We just talked about the world's first volume-hand-held uh, volume computer for personal use and information. Uh, in 1998, he led the creation of Symbian Limited in partner with Nokia, Ericsson, Motorola, and Matsushita. Matsushita, sorry. So you got to think this guy had intelligence all over him just building all these operating systems. Right. Do you know anything about him? Have you, I mean, because he's, like he's like a legend in the computer business. Never met the guy that I know of. Yeah. He may not Although even exist. I might, have in the, I might have met him in the 80s, but I don't recall it. <laughs> he might not even exist. He's not real. <laughs> so uh, this is what we need to keep our, our eye on, is for more connections between intelligence, uh, certainly MI6 and the CIA. And I'm, not, I'm still not even sure why. I, I don't know what, what the deal is. Um, but there's something there, and uh, and we just need to have all of our uh, producers uh, stay vigilant and keep on it and see what you can come up with. I think it would be worthwhile to find out who the consultant was that that one guy in Parliament keeps ragging on Cameron about. The guy say, who, name the consulting firm, name the consulting firm. I've asked you four times, and then he won't answer. Oh, well, then he, if he's asking the question four times, then he clearly knows the answer. I would think so. But he can't but say it. Okay. Somebody, right, he can't say it. So somebody's, it's got to have been brought out in one of the, somebody must know, or it's got to be in a news article. I mean, yeah. I think that, I bet you that's a clue. So there's a, there's a couple of wars going on that we don't know about, and it's not just the drones. And, uh, and I think Murdoch was probably doing us more of a service than even he realizes. It's certainly. Well, that's why. Yeah. That's why he's pretty blase about it. Play my Murdoch clip. Uh, the one nope yep <laughs> nope yep mr mother do you accept that ultimately you are responsible for this whole fiasco no yeah there was actually one, something he said right after that which i thought really brought it home listen to this well a lot of people had different uh, uh agendas i think in trying to build this hysteria uh all our competitors in this country formally announced a consortium to try and stop us, and they caught us with dirty hands, and they built this area around. There you go. A lot of different people had an agenda. Uh huh. You don't say. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Well, Murdoch of twenty years ago would have uh, probably had a little more. Uh, you know, the guy needs to go on some uh, testosterone. Uh, <laughs> he needs some regimen. Abilify. No, he, he, or he needs to cut. He needs go to, crazy. He needs to cut back on the Abilify. Yeah, a little, a little docile. Anyway, enough about this crap because that's what everyone gets uh, all day long on the mainstream BS media. Let's thank some producers for this show, John. Do we? Uh, we kind of low, I think. We, we, well, we only we came in short this uh, this show. One producer we, we want to thank profusely for being an executive producer and a member of the Three Twenty Four Club, which is John Turek in Cowdersport, Pennsylvania. Uh, with a note, John and Adam, I've listened to your show since episode one. I'm sorry to, to, wow. I made a few other small donations and about halfway to my knighthood, I'm about half, halfway to my knighthood. Keep up the great work. I hope the Hot Pockets 2008 tour passes through Pennsylvania. Uh, please have uh, more food and wine talk to change things up a bit. Well, we did if that. This show stay, that. If this show, we did, we just did today. If this show stays so depressing, 
I'll have to start taking antidepressants. Can you please give me a shot of karma? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've got karma. We need some virtual Abilify to hand out as well. He says uh, he wants. He needs to make the right decision for his career. He has an opportunity to run all tech at a small school instead of working as a lead engineer for the largest internet service provider in the nation. Hello, Comcast. Uh, thanks for all you do, John Turek, uh, Shingle House, Pennsylvania. And I believe Comcast is located there in Pennsylvania. Uh, we and, actually, you uh, know, we have an invite. Uh, it may be from John. Actually, we have an in. No, it's not. Uh, we have an invite from. No, it's, I think it's Denver <coughs> to go up to uh, the Comcast building to park in the parking lot, and they will run fiber out to the rig. Oh, and you're not going to do it? I don't know. We we don't know if we can make Denver. We, we might have to stay a little more east of Denver. Unfortunately, we're you know we have so many places we need to go from people who actually are supporting the show. It's all kind of east of uh, yeah, eastern eastern. It's all east well, of Denver. Let me say, yeah. If you don't go to Denver, you won't miss it because I'll tell you. Here, let me just give you a little. There's a there's a big mountain range in the middle of the country. Yeah, called the Rockies. Yeah, I heard of and that. They are. <laughs> This is this makes like everything every mountain range you've ever seen in Europe and anywhere around the world look like except for the the, the Himalayans. Uh, it makes it look like small potatoes. This thing is a bear to get up because you got to Denver's it sits at five thousand feet, yeah, mile high, mile high city. Yeah, it's a mile high, and you have to go up to to the some of the most rugged, uh, miserable. Uh, it's very uh, scenic, but it's not uh, what I would call fun. It's cool. It's not hot. But, well, I'm. Uh, uh, Mickey and I were discussing. If you don't do it, I wouldn't blame you. Yeah, Mickey and I were discussing this last night because you know it, it is kind of like out of the way of going straight up north uh, from like Austin is what's kind of kind of the idea. And uh, I'm saying, have you seen how this thing drives on a four percent angle up? It's like we're overheating. We're like, oh, another scenic overlook. Let's stop there so the engine can cool down. It's like I can't imagine lugging this thing through the Rockies. I don't think it would make it. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. All right, who else Personally. we got? Who else we got? That's it. That's all we got. One guy. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad we undertook this journey. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a couple of uh, PR mentions then, luckily. Um, here's one for the, the new domain name system, which I'm uh, looking forward to getting set up, getting close. It's hard doing stuff uh, on 3G remotely but is a happy slave.com i think will be great we can start redirecting so uh you can do adam dot is a happy slave.com i think that's pretty awesome um along with that we also have uh airport com. nice one all forwarding to no agenda show.com persistent jet contrails.com forwarding as long as well as uh reject rejecting servitude.de for our uh, Gitmo Nation Deutschland uh, listeners out there. Uh, broagenda.com. Nice. I think there's something there. I think there's a new love uh, meme. Broagenda. Broagenda. No, broagenda. Like bro, bro, bro agenda. Like bromance. Broagenda, yeah. Uh, Mr. Smith has set up uh, noagendameetup.org. Now, this site you got to check out. This is, We now have a meetup site, John. It's not just a forward to noagendashow.com. Uh, it's uh, it's a whole system where you can uh, schedule stuff on a calendar, get together. You know, the the human resources in Virginia are not going to stop with. They're going to continue to do meetups. They're, they're just like the people like hanging out together, which is cool. So make sure you check out noagendameetup.org. 
We have uh, noagenda2012.com. Thank you very much, Chris, for that. Uh, no Agenda Card Game. Here's another great... you got to go to this website right now, John. This is uh, a product, and you can purchase it, No Agenda Card Game. It's a deck of cards that features all of the artwork from the show. It's... I mean, and, the, and I should just read you some of the rules of the game, because there's a, there's a way to play it. Have you, you see it now? You see the... Uh, yeah, cards? yeah, it's one of those games where you try to remember and you flip over one, and it's, it's a good. It's one of those uh, games. Uh, it's a good game. Trading I think it's based. Yeah, on, yeah so you trade cards back and forth. Uh, I like this dealing. The player closest to age thirty-three shuffles the deck seven times and deals one card face down to each player to his left. <laughs> no player shall look at his hand until the dealer says karma. <laughs> this is a good game. Uh. Trading continues until a player has collected nine cards of a set and proclaims in the morning. <laughs> in the morning. I love this. You guys are great. So noagendacardgame.com. <laughs> and a portion you didn't of the say pro- in the morning. Yeah, that's right. portion of the proceeds uh, goes to uh, the show. So we uh, like that. Get yourself these cards. They look beautiful. Self-radicalize and selfradicalized.com. Now both pointing to uh, the show site at noagendashow.com. Love that. Great one. Hot pockets for your soul. Us, uh, as the producer Lisa uh, believes that eventually people will trade hot pockets for their soul just to get their hands on this lovely nourishment. <laughs> no agenda magic numbers.com currently uh, forwarding to no agenda show, but uh, looks like Chris is going to build a whole site there. This week in tweeter.com. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine what that site will be. And another great premium, noagendaipadstands.com. So this is uh, beautifully handcrafted iPad stands with a kick-ass No Agenda logo for sale for $33, compatible with iPad 1 and iPad 2, Kindles and iPhones, 66% of all profits going to the No Agenda show. So another great one, and we'll put those all in the links that rock, and uh, of course in the show notes at 323.nashownotes.com. So uh, that's really it for uh, for the PR mentions, and of course, uh, thanks to all the producers who came out to the meetup in uh, in North Carolina. It's fantastic, and thank you to our sole producer, executive producer, and member of the Three Two Four Club for today, John Turek. Everyone else out there, you have a mission. It is called propagating the formula. Here's how it works. Our formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. Say it loud and proud like you mean it. Shut up, slave. And remind people to go to Dvorak.org slash NA, noagendanation.com, noagendashow.com, and uh, channeldvorak.com slash NA. Dvorak.org slash NA. Every single person who I've seen on the road who, uh, who has kids, they're completely mind-controlled. The kids are all going like, Hot Pockets! Dvorak.org slash NA. <laughs> We've built a whole generation, a whole generation of kids who only live by our, our jingles. <laughs> These producers, I love them. I love them. It's, John, again, the one thing that's wrong about this trip is you're not on it. Yeah, well. Seriously. Somebody's got to hold down the fort. Well, this is true. 
but uh, we but Mickey and I, I mean, we're almost like, you know, we could actually, we wouldn't even mind if John slept in the RV. Yeah, I would. <laughs> we got a great spot for you. The, the one over the cab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that spot. That's a great spot. It's the one you wake up and bang your head every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> yeah, and it's nice and cool up there. Not. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. The, uh, the only thing that's wrong is we don't really have any signage. We have the, we're still using the sign from uh, Harry Pilgrim. And, uh, didn't, it, we, didn't we have a guy that was going to do yeah, some signage for I us? No, I know. We didn't get any signage. We got no signage. We're kind of bland looking. People are like, oh, oh, that's it? Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a it's disappointment. It's like anything else in show business. Yeah, when, it's you a facade. when you see it up close, it's kind of disappointing. <laughs> yeah, well, let me hit you back with one there. All right. So there was other stuff going on. Um, actually, there was something funny that I just picked up. Uh, uh, in our incessant quest to look at the hot MILFs on the news television. Uh, it's always fun when you get a hot one who says something really, really dumb. This is some douchette from uh, MSNBC, and she's ragging on uh, a congressman, forget who it is, doesn't matter, about uh, you know the debt ceiling. We have to raise the debt ceiling or the full faith and credit of the United States will be ruined forever. Oh, We're funny. All- I got yeah. the same clip. As oh, you. really? Oh, here He's it is. He's in the majority of the United States Senate. It goes up $1.8 trillion, and sim- now it's up $2.8 trillion while he's president. You're it just keeps getting worse. You're simplifying the issues that were on the plate of the nation at that point. I mean, we were looking at going re- reverting into a depression at that point. Everyone, the Fed chairman... Well, I chairman, disagree that we they- were going into a depression, but well, go ahead. Do you have a degree in economics? Uh, yes, ma'am, I do. Highest honors. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Douche! You had that clip, too? I've been too? trying to get the name of that guy and the name of the douchebag woman. Yeah, I'd n- I've never seen either of them. I never... Yeah, I haven't either, but that was unbelievable classic MSNBC, and instead of listening to the guy just letting him talk, you have to throw in, are you an economist? Yeah, do you know what you're talking about? Uh, yeah, actually... Why, uh, should, why do you degrees? invite somebody... Let me ask you, MSNBC as a whole. Why do you invite somebody on the show if you're going to question their authority? Aren't they supposed to be there because they're authoritative? They're supposed to know something, or you just invite dummies off the street? Is this like a, a six o'clock news where you bring, you just find the stupidest guy you can because you know you're going to get a funny clip? Yeah, that's kind of the idea, isn't it? Entertainment. Well, it is when you pull that stunt. Contessa Brewer is her name. Contessa Brewer, never heard of her. Yeah, she's uh, she's new. She they just cast her. And, you know, she's not blonde, by the way. She's a brunette. Yeah, the MSNBC is clueless. Yeah. There was something quite disturbing. Um, this is a Congress a Representative Speer from, uh, I think Speer is from San Mateo, California. And this I picked up from C-SPAN. I was able to watch some clips. So, of course, we have Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Um, now, there was a court ruling that uh, from the Log Cabin Republicans which I guess is a gay faction within the uh, Republican Party, saying, uh, hey, this is all unconstitutional. You have to end Don't Ask, Don't Tell right away. Of course, we know it hasn't actually been ended. And uh, by the way, all of the, uh, uh, every single serviceman and woman that I spoke to uh, up north in Virginia, they all have had training for Don't Ask, Don't Tell. So it is underway, but of course, until it's been certified by uh, all of the chief commanders and the White House and the psychologists and who else. Then there's a 60-day waiting period. Then 
you can go, woo, I'm gay, everybody. And she, I guess, she's trying to stop this from happening by showing that nothing has changed. In fact, she got really graphic. And, uh, and she essentially just said, by telling these two stories, forget about it. We're nowhere near ready to implement Don't Ask, Don't Tell. I now want to share with you the story of Blake Stevens. I warn you that some of the material is graphic. Stevens joined the Army in 2001. The verbal and physical attacks started quickly and came from virtually every level of the chain of command. In one of the worst incidents, a group of men tackled him, shoved a soda bottle into his rectum, and threw him backwards off an elevated platform onto the hood of a car. When he reported the incident, his platoon sergeant told him, quote, you're the problem, you're the reason this is happening, unquote, and refused to take action. His assailants told him that once deployed to Iraq, they would shoot him in the head. I recently received... So how about that? It seems like a, a, a unique story. Well, she has another one, and this is from a recent email. So, again, this is like basically saying we are nowhere near in our armed forces because there's so much anti-gayism. It goes all the way up the chain of command. An email from Heath Phillips, who joined the Navy at the young age of 17 in 1988. Phillips was attacked on multiple occasions beginning his first weekend on duty. When he reported the assault, he was called a liar, a baby, mama's boy, and a few other choice words. He would complain to the chain of command and, and be told to shut up and ask for witnesses. In one particularly horrific incident, a group of men attacked Phillips in the shower and sodomized him with a toilet brush handle. <laughs> they laughed and joked about it the whole time. You gotta admit, it's kind of funny. <laughs> well, I don't know if it doesn't sound funny to me. Well, I don't know. If, if, it's, but, br- uh, if it's bristle side, it might be okay. But to have the handle, that's, uh, that's kind of a bummer. After he went to the infirmary, bleeding and in pain, oh, he was told he was fine and to take the day off. <laughs> Here, take two aspirin. <laughs> I, I'm finding these stories incredulous. I'm not buying necessarily. Uh, no, of course they seem not. exaggerated to me. No, I, I think the whole idea is just to propagate the meme that we can't... I mean, we, we know that this can't happen. This is not supposed to happen. That's why Obama didn't repeal it. It's a big lie. And so just like, you know, in Afghanistan, we're not going to pull troops out. It's like, oh, we, we got no... You know, oh, no, it's no good. And we're not going to pull people out of Iraq because, oh, you know, the Iraqis, they want us. And we're not going to allow gays in the military to be open about their sexuality because it's not what... The evil elites want. They want. They they want to be all buggering behind closed doors, doing it all in secret. Yeah, listen to listen to Lucifer. I'll get. I'll just prove something to you about Afghanistan. She was in Istanbul, and uh, hold on. First, we got to have her her typical. Uh, she she's changed her hairdo, by the way. Lucifer Hillary Clinton she got a new hairdo. Well, good afternoon, and let me begin by saying what an absolute pleasure it is to be back in Turkey and especially in this absolutely glorious city of Istanbul. Glorious city. I love it so much. We've got such lovely hair salons here. And so she's uh, moving around from Turkey and then she's uh, talking to uh, India. And here's what she has to say to our friends India in India. There are important matters on which we all disagree one with the other. 
but we do have significant areas of common interest. We could begin by focusing on violent extremism, which threatens people on all, uh, in all of the, our countries. The United States is committed to Afghanistan and to the region. We will be there. Yes, we are beginning to withdraw combat troops and transfer responsibility for security to the Afghan people, a process that will be completed in 2014, but drawing down our troops is not the same as leaving or disengaging. Yeah, there you go. So, hello, Afghanistan. Hello, Kandahar. Nice to still be here. Just comes out and says well, it. I don't know what that clip indicates. I mean, I don't. I didn't hear anything there that was. I'm not sure why you played that clip. Well, because she's saying we're not leaving. But yeah, the the same. You know, yes, we're drawing down our troops, but it's not the same thing as leaving. I think that this was part of. I think this is part to to contra or to contra. Dick, the the notion that we're fair weather friends. Possibly. More than anything else. Possibly. Because, you know, there's this Chinese thing going around. Well, she actually says that, uh, you know, they want to be friends with the Indians and the Chinese, which would explain the drones on Pakistan, I guess. Hey, we'll be your friends. Yeah, I want to get more on that story. That's where I think we should be heading with some of our our digging. I, I'm wondering if these drones are getting on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of annoying. You could imagine getting one shooting a hellfire in your butt. Or a toilet brush. You know, they're, they're basically... Uh, I mean, why can't they just put these drones over the U.S.-Mexican border and shoot people coming across? Well, I think that's kind of the idea. I mean, we should, we should be prepared for it. I, uh, one of our... Um, one of our producers has a lot of inside information about the uh, the drone programs, and uh, it's uh, so. What this producer told me, I'm trying to be very careful here, is that uh, it's a total mess. That there are warring factions inside these intelligence agencies, and they're all trying to outdo each other to have the power. So one instance of like you know a half a million dollar server that they acquired, <clears throat> then they found out the software wouldn't run on it, so they just shredded it. They threw it in the machine shredder, just got rid of it. Half a million dollar server, boom, gone. And everyone's just buying stuff and trying to buy bigger machines and bigger servers to run faster analytics and kill more people from the sky, unmanned or people flying them from Langley. And there's no investigation of that. No one's looking at any of that stuff. It's it's unbelievable. Why would they shred the server? Because it was no good. By the way, I do know I've seen these shredding devices. Mm-hmm. Um, they do exist. Yeah, and uh, they there's one that goes around. You can release it, or you can uh, find a place that has one. These hard disk shredders, because the guys the the theory is is that the only secure you can like when I throw out my hard disks. I have a sledgehammer that I slam into them, and I figure that's you know going to keep. Although I don't notice anything on my hard disk. Well, I can powder. just I can just see you outside on a rock, sledgehammering a drive. <laughs> uh, yeah, believe me, you, you, the image in your brain is exact is the exact image <laughs> in your uh, polka dot underwear in your long johns. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> the uh, sledgehammer. Take red, that. The red long. <laughs> yeah. The red long With Johns. suspenders. <laughs> With the flap in the back. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, these shredders are cool. I've thrown a disc or two in them. And you just throw this, the hard, you take the whole hard disc and you chuck it in the hopper. And it just turns it into powder. It's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> Perfect. Well, that's happening. And it's rampant. It's rampant. This is why these people listen to the show, because they're so frustrated. At least they're like, oh, thank you. Um, there's well, some... that's a good story that someone should investigate if somebody shredded up. Yeah, I just got to be so careful. A because... brand new server, because they were afraid some memory was... They were obviously afraid they had to shred it instead of giving it to, or putting it on the auction block, because, oh, you know, there might be some residual information on there that could do... Yeah, right. There's uh, some code that I think we need to uh, decode, and I'm not quite sure. I mean, I have the the pieces of the code. It's like a cipher. And um, this has to do with, uh, again, our techno experts uh, in, the, in the intelligence community who are sending a message, and I believe it's in the lyrics of a song. This is uh, a report, uh, a total douche report, of course, from, I think, CNN about LulzSec. Brian, what's going on here? Well, throughout the spring and summer, we followed this group. It's called LulzSec. It looks like they might have turned the tables on Rupert Murdoch's group. Uh, LulzSec now posting on Twitter uh, a, a feed saying, quote, we have joy, we have fun, we have messed up Murdoch's son. And it appears they have. We're unable to reach LulzSec. Right- <laughs> yeah, you tried to reach LulzSec. What did he do? Did he tweet at Lulsec? <laughs> Hi, want to come on CNN? Yes, he tweeted it. Yeah, we want we want to have you we on. We tried a, to reach Lulsec. We tried to reach Lulsec. Yeah. Right now we've never really been able to reach them in, in the course of reporting really? on them. But if you go to the Sun's webpage, it's www.thesun.co.uk. It switches over to uh, the Lulsec Twitter account. It switches right over to that. Woo! You see that message awesome. that you see there, plus other tweets from them and from followers of them, just saying how funny they think this is. Now Lulsec. You know, as, as I mentioned, we've been reporting on them all spring and summer for some notorious hacking incidents. Notorious. This is a group that has claimed responsibility for hacking into the CIA's website, for the U.S. Senate's website, and hacking into PBS's website, Woo! among other things. It's a group of people. Nobody knows who they are or how many are in their group. group. But uh, they have now turned the tables on Rupert Murdoch's son website, at least for now. Usually these things last a few hours, maybe, and then they get back to normal. But it's wreaking havoc right yeah, now. It's another so I think uh, when you, uh, so they, why would a group of apparently youngsters use this as their song? Goodbye to you, my trusted friend. This is Terry Jacks from like 1972. We've known each other since we were nine or ten. Now listen to the lyrics. Together we've climbed hills and trees. Learned of love and ABCs. ABCs. Skinned our hearts and skinned our knees. Goodbye, my friend. It's, it's hard, hard to die. die. I don't know, man. I mean, this is not a group of youngsters who come up with this song as their uh, code. Do you remember this so song? Wait, let, me, let me try to summarize what you're trying to say. First of all, nobody under the age of 40 knows the song. Would would know that song enough to want to play it, and it is, a, and, and nobody under the age of forty would like that song. No, you didn't make that clear. <laughs> I kind of, I still, I still kind of like it. No, I still kind of like it. <laughs> are you, are you under forty? No, I'm over forty. That's why I know That's it. That's what I'm saying. Nobody, 
Nobody under 40 would like that song so or know the song. So, okay, so we're assuming, I think, and I think we brought this up before, that we think LulzSec, and let's be realistic about this, and there's certain ways of doing things that are, are total red herring. Trying to hack the CIA website is nothing anybody in their right mind is going to do no. unless you are the CIA and you're just using it as a ruse. Right. Don't you think my logic's accurate there? Yeah, and I think there's a, there's code in this song. We did our ABCs, of course, uh, everything with ABC, three letters, is CIA, MI6, FBI. Goodbye, my friend, it's hard to die. So that's uh, the two to the head that they're giving people. And, uh, it's a warning to someone. Yeah, yeah, this is a, t- this is a total a warning code. to some specific person. It's total code. Yeah. And why would but why would Lulsec if there were kids use that? Uh, yeah, well, how, why not use uh, like uh, Metallica or something, something cool? Right, and and why would they bother hacking the the son and making a pronouncement that that Murdoch was dead? Well, they wouldn't. They that, wouldn't. That's the fact. And how come the Lulsec website and their Twitter account is still online? How come? Right, well, yeah, yeah, that's the question. That yeah, we, tweet, yeah, Twitter takes people off all the time. No, it's still there. Why? 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 Because no one's investigating. No one cares. Leave it in there. Because, you know, it's like the guys. You know, <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Please. Well, I don't know what they're... I guess it was a warning shot across somebody's bow. We, we can't decode... We can sometimes identify what we think are codes... Uh, but we can't necessarily decode them. No. I mean, it's like the three, 33 thing. We It crops up all over the place under all kinds of circumstances, but we don't have no idea what it means. We haven't even come up with a theory. 33 children abducted in the southwest of Gitmo Nation, UK. Apple set to open 33 new retail stores over the next two months. Godman invests 33 crore in gold. Clean Technology Ventures investments down 33%. Riots in Germany. German police detains 33 leftist activists. Bosnia-Herzegovina Central Bank made profit of 33 million BAM. There's all kinds of stuff in there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> you can find all these wonderful links, by the way, if you want to try and decode it at uh, 323.nashownotes.com. So and we're coming up on show 333, and I want to remind everybody, they can go to Dvorak.org slash NA and get a, uh, become a producer, executive producer for show 333, which will, you know, probably show up in somebody's list of 33 codes, and they're going to say, what the heck is this doing in here? Let's shut these guys down. This is no good. <laughs> so the BBC, John, they have now, now with Murdoch uh, kind of out of the way, they've... Uh, you know, of course, if you want to make some news, you got to have a survey. you got to have a study. Study shows something very interesting about the BBC's science reporting. You're going to die when you hear this clip. A review of the BBC's coverage of science has praised its high quality and accuracy, but has warned against giving free publicity to marginal opinions. <laughs> marginal opinions, like, uh, I don't know, global warming is not real? 
the genetics <laughs> professor Steve Jones was asked to carry out the study by the BBC Trust, uh -huh. citing issues such as global warming, genetically modified crops and the MMR vaccine. He said there was a risk of providing false balance in the search for impartiality. Uh, BBC has responded by announcing that it will appoint a science editor. Oh. Emma Jane Kirby reports. Please. Professor report. Steve Jones complained the corporation's science coverage sometimes suffered from what he called the nervous tick of BBC News. Its commitment to always producing balanced reports with a range of opinions. In a fact-based field like science, he said, this led to reports with a false balance because it presented the views of minority groups as if they had the same weight as the scientific consensus. So let me just get this straight. The science is in. And don't be a denier. Uh, you should not have the same weight. So I guess if there's ten guys saying uh, genetically modified food is good for you and two guys saying it's not, you should get like 20 seconds. This is how they're going to balance it out. And the BBC is great. And the, and the science is in. And it's all fact-based. And shut up. Yeah, there, there, well, obviously there's going to be, there's an agenda mm -hmm. of what can and cannot be discussed. And it's going to come down from the government or somebody. And then they're, then that's going to essentially, that is the balance. So here's what it is. We only talk about this. We do not talk about the, this is, in other words, there's no balance whatsoever. Yeah, it gets worse, actually. The science is in. Science. The uh, CERN which is the uh, Swiss uh, Research Center. Uh, this, this article showed up in a lot of places, actually. Apparently, scientists determined that there is a very real um, link between something called cloud, cosmics leaving outdoor droplets, um, so based upon uh, solar activity, creating more clouds which can dramatically increase the temperature on Earth. And uh, from what all the reports are saying, and this came from uh, Die Welt Online, Rolf Dieter Hoyer, director of CERN, said, I've asked my colleagues to present the results clearly, but not to interpret them. In other words, let's not say anything about this because we need our carbon taxes. So the science is presenting the facts, but they're not being interpreted and it's not being reported on. Hmm. Yeah, I there's can see another screwball. There's another screwball science story floating around. It was in today's New York Times. And then the New York Times is weird because they never discussed actually what's going on or why. They just mention it. Or it's actually a story on A18 if anyone is following along at home. Uh, scientist under inquiry resigns from Harvard. This guy who looks kind of like a sketchy character, Mark Hauser, a behavioral psychologist, is booted essentially out of Harvard. There's a good wiki entry to kind of just finally get to the bottom of it. It has to do with some monkey studies he was doing mm -hmm. that he phonied up, which I don't know. I, it, it, you, I, re, I read the article and I've read this, this entry in the wiki page, M-A-R-C-H-A-U-S-E-R -E for people following along. And I do not, uh, I do not see what, I can't understand. It's something, it's something screwy about the story, and I haven't been able to figure it out. So what exactly is the story? What, what, what's going on? 
Well, he got kicked out for falsifying information and doing some sketchy work, supposedly. But if his background is so elaborate that it's like he's his stuff is like it's borderline mundane. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea, but it's like a big deal that this guy, like, here's like one of his papers, right hemisphere dominance for emotion processing in baboons. <laughs> I mean, who cares? It's important stuff. There's something screwy about this story. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to get to the bottom of it, but uh, it, I, I, what I noticed mostly was when I was in the New York Times was there was no mention of what it was that he actually did that was wrong that would get him kicked out. Yeah. Why would the New York Times report data on about it? baboons? I mean, <laughs> this bad, kidding, right? Well, maybe it has something to do with the with this story, uh, which I got from Business Insider. One in sixty six Americans is now on some some form of antipsychotic medicine. One in sixty six. That's like anywhere you go, there's some, there's some psycho next to you who's on <laughs> who's on Abilify or is on. Uh, Oh, what do we have? Uh, Zoloft or Xanax or whatever. It's like, wow, really? That means at a sporting event where there's 66,000 people, 1,000 of them are crazy. <laughs> Psycho. They're completely nuts. And wasn't it, um, I think it was Bristol in the United Kingdom. This is, they always do this as a joke, like, ha-ha, funny, but not really. So they, remember, after the CDC did it as a joke, now they come out and they say... Um, yeah, we have a uh, plan for uh, zombie apocalypse. I don't think this is a joke anymore. Peter Holt, service director of communi- communications and marketing, said uh, in response to a request... What? Uh, yeah. What do you mean, what? Uh, you're reading from something... This is not an April Fool's joke from no, the no. 1st of April? No, this is from The Guardian. Local authorities reveal... Top secret plan outlining self-defense strategies should zombies invade. <coughs> Peter Holt, service director of communication and marketing for uh, the uh, city of uh, the councils of uh, Bristol, said in response to your request for details of Bristol City Council's contingency plans for dealing with zombies, I can now release to you the following strategy document. This is document. You're, you're reading some some joke from the Onion. No, this is this is the Guardian. This is, and they have a document. Please note this document contains various redactions as it has been considered that some information contained therein must be redacted for the purpose of safeguarding national security. <laughs> Marked top secret, the document which has been published on the whatdotheyknow.com site sets out four alert states. Ambient zombie level, business as usual, but be on the lookout for telltale signs. I think we're kind of at that level now. Come on, <laughs> this is a gag you fell for. No, man, it's, uh, I'm so good, thank you. Guardian.co.uk, what are you talking about? This is not a gag. Well, the Guardian's presenting it as a gag, but I mean, at what point is it, is it not funny? Is it real? So then we have the enhanced activity level, where there will be confirmed zombie attacks on the, popul- on the populace. A major outbreak, zombie infection level in excess of 1%, multiple sightings across the city, and then the zombie pandemic level, which... Uh, consists of concentrated outbreak with infectious levels over 30%. I'm looking at the Guardian site right now, and I've done a search for zombies. Yeah, I'm going to send you the link through Skype. I'm happy to do it. And I'm finding nothing. Yeah, I'm happy to do it. This is not... They always do this like it's a joke, but I'm not treating it as such anymore. Do you get it? 
No, I'm understanding what you're saying, but I don't see it on the on the site. I just sent you the link through Skype. Yeah, I'm, I'm going there. Uh, to avoid widespread panic, staff are asked to listen for code words on radio and television broadcasts to warn them that a zombie attack is underway. Under healthy... Under health and safety, the document urges staff to remember the correct zombie-killing procedure. Quote, fully disconnect the brain stem from the body through either blunt force or full head removal. <laughs> I'm telling you, this, this is real. We're getting zombies. We're going to get zombies. Do you see that? You okay, see I'm this? looking at this now. The dateline is July 7th. I'm, I, there's, I don't see any spoofing going on with the site. Uh, I don't get why. This is weird. Yeah, weird. It's weird that they would have this. I'm, I'm, I'm totally <laughs> weird with it. Listen, who's Stephen Morris? Let's look him up. Stephen Morris. He looks like a zombie. You can uh, click on his link, right? We get stories from Stephen Morris. Oh, he does. Ah. <coughs> what else? Is yeah, he, he got the end. It says the training for handling pirate outbreaks and for spotting the difference between genuine hot air balloons and evil giant floaty space aliens uh, is kind of a giveaway that is tongue in cheek. Yeah, but but, <coughs> but the, the city council of Bristol. I mean, why, why would you run this story you, at all? But why would the city council of Bristol actually release a document that has this information in it and say it's a joke? Yeah, I know. It doesn't make any sense. And the CDC, our very own Centers for Disease Control, did the same thing. Did they, so did Bristol think that the joke was so funny that they had to do it again? Hmm? I have no idea. You'd have to ask them. Mm-hmm. All right, well... This is definitely going to be in the show notes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. I know it's sad, isn't it? So something, something. Uh, this is this one just really blew me away. Let's see if I can bring this up. So uh, we have this uh, consumer protection, consumer financial protection agency, which was being taken over and set up by Elizabeth Warren. Who I have, I hold in low regard. Everyone's like, no, she's on our side. She's great. She's going to be awesome. And I've been watching her testimony, uh, her congressional testimony. It's hours and hours. And she, she doesn't come across very nice. She comes, no, ac- she comes across as a douchebag. <coughs> and yeah. she's the one, if you remember, we did have the clip where she says, ah, you know, I was supposed to be scheduled right. for something this afternoon. This is I got no time. I got no time. out on one of them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, she, and she's getting hammered pretty hard by some of these, uh, by some of the representatives. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, in a surprise move, President Obama turns around and nominates some other guy to run this agency. So he's out there in the Rose Garden with Warren, on, who looking very demure. But I guess she she knew from the beginning that she was just supposed to do the the frontline PR, and then, boom, in comes this other guy. Cut the bureaucracy and put one consumer watchdog in charge with just one job, looking out for regular people in the financial system. That's you and I, slaves. Now, this is an idea that I got from Elizabeth Warren, who I first met years ago. Back I then, uh, th- th- this is long. I got I to practice that. First met years ago. Long before the financial crisis. Long. Elizabeth was sounding the alarm on predatory lending and the financial pressures on middle-class families. 
and in the years since, she's become perhaps the leading voice in our country on behalf of consumers. And let's face it, she's, she's done it while facing some very tough opposition and drawing a fair amount of heat. Fortunately, she's very tough. And that's why I asked Elizabeth Warren to set up this new bureau. Over the past year, she has done an extraordinary job. Already, the agency is starting to do a whole bunch of things that are going to be important whole bunch. for consumers. A whole bunch of things. Hey, John, it's a whole bunch. Just a whole bunch. How much? A whole bunch? A whole bunch, man. Making sure loan contracts and credit card terms are simpler and written in plain English. <laughs> Already, thanks to the leadership of the Bureau, uh, we're seeing men and women in uniform who are getting more protections against fraud and deception uh -huh. uh, when it comes to financial practices. And as part of her charge, I asked Elizabeth to find the best possible choice for director of the Bureau. And that's who we found in Richard Cordray. All right, Richard Cordray. Richard Cordray, if you look at his uh, Book of Knowledge page, brought he was an um, uh, attorney general in Ohio. He's made several runs at, at multiple positions. Uh, he's about my age, I think, maybe, maybe even a little younger. And uh, he, uh, during the financial crisis, he brought huge allegations against Bank of America and I guess uh, didn't, did not succeed. I don't think Bank of America got any kind of... There's no one in jail... So, great job, Richard. Fantastic. But he has a claim to fame. Now, last but not least, uh, back in the 80s, Richard was also a five-time Jeopardy I can't hear it. Uh, you can't hear it? Hold on. It, it, this is actually a very soft clip. Let me see if I can uh, boost a little bit. I'll boost the levels. You got to hear it. Hold on. I shall boost me some levels. Here we go. Uh, output master game. Okay. This should do it. At least, uh, back in the 80s, Richard was also a five-time Jeopardy! champion and a semi-finalist in the Tournament of Champions. Not too shabby. Uh, that's why all his confirmation, uh, all his answers at his confirmation hearings will be in the form of a question. <laughs> that's a joke. Yeah. Which you blew. You blew the punchline. Yeah, so, he blew the punchline, and he had to say it was a joke, and he got no laughs from the grim press corps. But besides that, are you kidding me? The guy who's going to run the Consumer Financial Protection Board is a Jeopardy winner? Nice. And by the way, he's not yeah, a winner. He lost. He lost in the finals. It's a, it's a bit much. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I do. I do. It's one big party, and we're not invited. That's what I know. Now in the uh, United States of Europe, as predicted, they're talking about these euro bonds, because, of course, everything's falling down. Italy downgraded. And I finally am starting to understand how this works. If your debt is downgraded, then you have to pay more interest on your loans. This, by the way, this is an eye-opener to me, because I'm finally only understanding this. So if Italy pays, so I think now they're <clears throat> up to like 5.5%, each percent that goes up is like $27 billion a month or something. It's like some outrageous amount. So it, this is how these, uh, these bonds work. And they're talking about doing a euro bond as the only way to save the union. And one of our producers was kind enough to say, you know, euro bond is not exactly what you think it is. He sent me a definition and... I don't know if you've had a chance to talk with Horowitz about this, John, but it's something you should... He, he, should be, he would be able to tell us exactly how this instrument works. I'll quote verbatim. A euro bond is usually 
issued by an international syndicate, banks, and categorized according to the currency in which it is denominated. A euro-dollar bond that is denominated in U.S. dollars and issued in Japan by an Australian company would be an example of a euro bond. The Australian company in this example could issue the euro-dollar bond in any country other than the U.S., so euro bond doesn't mean a bond of all of Europe. It's a particular type of financial instrument that can be issued anywhere um, in, a de- in, de- in the denomination that the issuer wants. They are attractive <coughs> financing tools as they give issuers the flexibility to choose the country in which to offer their bond according to the country's regulatory constraints. They may also denominate their euro bond in their preferred currency. Euro bonds are attractive to investors as they have small par values and high liquidity. So I guess we could be buying euro bonds in dollars that would be propping up the United States of Europe. Do you understand any of this? I couldn't follow a word of it. <laughs> Great. All right. So in other words, a euro bond doesn't mean it's a bond that is only for Europe. It's like it's, it's like another trick. It's some other trick that, that people are trying to push in euro bonds. The, uh, here's the, uh, the, the article here. Only a radical solution can stop the rot. Sarkozy and Merkel just had a meeting. They did their secret little handshake, which uh, you can see in the video at uh, 323.nashownotes.com, where he squeezes her hand and she's holding it really limp. This is like the... Uh, yeah, no, this, this is... <laughs> the a, old dead fish handshake. That's exactly what it is. Dead fish handshake. Nice. Um, so I think this is about the euro bonds, but it's it, it, the name is misleading. All right. Well, we'll uh, I will uh, discuss this with Horowitz in some detail, and then we'll come out of it with some explanation that makes sense and builds to a crescendo of corruption. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Well, we do have some people we do want to thank for uh, contributing to today's show, uh, including Joe Cool Design out of Princeton, Ontario, Canada, who jumps into the one and one 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 dot one one club. Also, uh, and he's in there with Thomas Nussbaum or Nussbaum, Sir Thomas, as a matter of fact, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Yeah, Nussbaum. What, did you see him? Were you no, no, around? we didn't. No, we didn't go by. Uh, did Thomas come to the meetup, Sir Thomas? Did Sir Thomas come to the meetup? I don't think so. From Virginia he Beach? Says, no, maybe he did. in Fredericksburg. Yeah, maybe he did. Bumping nightmares with Adam yep. and Mickey. That's right. No, of course. He has uh, uh, the beautiful girlfriend, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yes, okay. Of course he does. He's a, he's a knight. That's right. No, I, mem- I remember bumping rings. <laughs> we have our own bumping version rings. of fisting. You, actually, you, you and him, you and we Sir did. Thomas actually bumped, we bumped rings. We bumped rings. <laughs> I think Minky bumped rims, rings with him when I wasn't looking. Yeah, yeah we have our own no joke ag- in there. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> our own no agenda fisting. Uh, J- Jason Stevens, Sir Jason Stevens, New York, New York, $100. I want to be crossing the border, dealing with the TSA, ICE, and Homeland Security. If you could throw some karma my way, I'd greatly appreciate it. You've got karma. It's also added some domains to forward, which I don't believe we mentioned. Bingeflying.com and we must win the future.com. No, no. And America, what is this? America, Naturalized.com. America, renaturalized.com. Re, 
Oh, re-naturalized. And also Team, <laughs> team OS2. <laughs> and by the way, uh, Sir Thomas, uh, he gave me a beautiful challenge coin from uh, Iraq. And uh, so here's another one for you. Oh, okay. Well, we're both collecting a lot of stuff for the other yes, guy. We are. I got the I got the coins in the mail. Uh, I, gosh, I just I don't have to thank him uh, on the show next show. Uh, the, the the Dutch coins that have the uh, barcode on the back. Oh, you got some? I got two of them. Yeah, one oh, for you. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Well, I have a, a, a silver dollar for you. Yeah, well, and you the know, John we, phone. Yeah, we should uh, we should meet up one of these days. And like a swap stuff. <laughs> I also have a World Bank pen for you. <laughs> Ooh, now that I could go for. Yeah, I was given uh, two World Bank pens. I should go visit pens. the World Bank and grab some of their pens. <laughs> it's already been done. You just need the pad to go with it, and you could sign on prescriptions. <laughs> Here, have a David Rudolph, David Rudolph Baker uh, from Parts Unknown, $66.66 to sell No Agenda iPadstands.com, no agenda, iPadstands, plural.com, beautiful handcrafted iPad stands with a kick-ass no agenda logo for 33 pounds, compatible with the iPad 1 and 2, uh, Kindles and iPhones, did we mention this already? 33 euros, yeah, no, I mentioned it as at, at the top oh, of the I, show. I said, yeah. yeah, right, 33 euros, not pounds, it's about the same now. Yeah, well, not quite. Uh, 66, getting close, 66% of profits out. We talked about this. Birthday call out on my 21st would be awesome. We'll do that. Yep. Uh, Allison Hamill and Brandon, Mississippi. A little gas money for the 2008 Hot Pockets Tour. Uh, hopefully, if there's stops between Nolens and Sipple, Sip and the Sip, Mississippi. Uh, I'll meet up. Oh, you're going to go to New Orleans, you guys? Yeah, yeah, we're going to New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah. Nolens. Nolens. You'll like it. It's a very pretty town. Yep. I've been. Uh, I've been. I haven't been since Katrina, oh. but I've been. Okay. Um, hold on one second. Well, there's something else here that says... Uh, yeah, read that. Read that for me. Why I do something. I can confirm health care costs are through the roof. About a month ago, I cut my hand after hours, so I ended up in the ER and got six stitches for the in-your-face cost of $3,300. Oh, yeah, baby. The magic numbers. Only six stitches. Next time, I will be using electrical tape. Thanks a lot, Obamacare. Hot pockets. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm trying to dig something. Anthony out of here. Cosimano. Hey, Adam and John. He's a new donor, by the way. I didn't remember to just send my cash at the first meetup, so here's two nickels on the dime. Uh, two nickels on the elite for a dedouching. Oh, there you go. Also, want to let me dedouche him right now. Here we go. You've been dedouched. Also, want to wish my brother John a happy birthday on July 22nd. Hope you like it, bro, because this is your present. <laughs> and Dvorak, I hope you can make it out uh, for the end of the Hot Pockets tour. Thank you very much, uh, Tony. From uh, where is the end of the Hot Pockets tour going to be? Well, it eventually will be back in Virginia at uh, Baroness Maggie's uh, driveway, where we started. Okay. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you we have to drop the, oh, that, the rig that, back off, don't that's we? That's starting to make sense to me now. Oh, duh. Tony's from uh, King George, uh, Virginia. We have David C. Pugh, no uh, stranger to the support of the show. I'd like to wish uh, my douchebag twin brother, Don, a happy birthday. We turned 36 on Friday. Thanks to him, I will always look like a douchebag. How about a Rick Perry double shot? Oh, wow. Okay. This is... Uh, Let's see if we can do that for you. Douchebag. Adios, mofo. There you go. Douchebag double shot with Perry. 
uh, from uh, David for his uh, twin brother Don. And then we have uh, from Cyprus, Alexander Likoff or Likoff in the morning, Dougs. <coughs> Greetings from Cyprus. Here's some petrol money for Adam, $53.53. Please check out the situation in Cyprus as well. We had an explosion of confiscated Iranian weapons that were lying in an army base. Explosion wiped out the ele- the electricity plant that was nearby and producing about 60% of the island's electricity. By the way, Cyprus was one of the few countries not affected by the credit crunch, at least until the explosion. Yeah, I have been watching. Of course, Cyprus has always been a highly contested region. And uh, I would say that uh, that's not... Uh, you might have preferred the credit crisis over the uh, blowing up stuff. But we... Uh, yeah, in fact, uh, I have an end-of-show clip that might be... Uh it's five minutes long. It's from Sarbanes, the guy from Sarbanes Oxy, going on and on about Cyprus. Yeah, there's a there's something. There must be gold in them hell, hills or something. There's something going on in well, Cyprus or oil. Yeah, off yeah, the coast. Yeah, that would be it. Because it's uh, who's always fighting about, for Cyprus? It's Greece, and who else is fighting? Well, Turkey's the one Turkey, that's the right? bad actor, apparently, right. according right. to our people. Right. And uh, there's a, it's interesting because what, if you listen to that clip or you want to listen to that clip, what's interesting is that apparently the EU presidency, I think the next go round is going to be Cyprus. Oh. And Turkey says they're going to boycott the EU and tell everyone to screw themselves if they go through with it. Oh, that now it makes so much sense because Lucifer was in uh, Istanbul. She comes out. She says, hey, you know, I support the Greek uh, uh, austerity measures. So she's totally on the Turkey side. Oh, she's on the Turkey side. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because Sarbanes is on the Cypriot side. Uh-huh. Hold on. Let me... There's uh, something up. Yeah, there is. Let me play the Lucifer... Just real quick. It'll be worth it. Let me play the Lucifer clip about Greece. Come on, Lucifer. The United States strongly supports the Papandreou's government's determination to make the necessary reforms to put Greece back on sound financial footing and to make Greece more competitive economically. Uh Committing to bring down the deficit and passing the medium-term fiscal strategy were vital first steps. We know these were not easy decisions. They were acts of leadership. And those acts of leadership will help to build a better economic future. Now the challenge will be to keep moving forward with the same determination and commitment to make good on the fiscal targets and continue to deliver reform that drives future growth. So here's the way I see it. She, she's there with Papandreou's, who we know was educated in, uh, wasn't he educated in Philadelphia? He speaks perfect English. The yeah, guys I think a, it was Minnesota, wasn't it? It could have been Minnesota. The guy's a perfect shill. So it's like, hey, we got to screw Greece. I'll bet you, prediction, red book time, huge oil strike in Cyprus. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to give... Well, I said oil a few minutes ago, so I'm not going to give you a full... I'm going to take half of that one. No, no, we we can both be on on a prediction. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I hate to do that. I hate to do that. (laughs) Right. Okay. Oil strike... In or in and around Cyprus, Cyprus. it's got to be huge, and 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 that's why stuff is blowing up. Then we need the security in there. We need the blue helmets, or someone's got to move in and protect uh, the population from the evil the Al Qaeda's, the Al Qaeda's. 
So uh, get, read the next one. I mean, I've, I've got to find Sir Lawrence sent us a note on email. Yeah, I, ha- Did you I, get a I have the note. Yeah, I have the note from Sir Lawrence. Okay, I was looking for that. It is with heavy heart. I have to tell you that I canceled my $111.11 payments from PayPal today. Wouldn't do it unless really necessary and things are that bad, I'm afraid. I'll be back on track ASAP and backfill what I owe you on the plan. Please give me uh, a quick karma shout-out on Thursday's show, if you don't mind. My friend, we're going to give you not a quick one, but a full-blown karma. You deserve it, my friend. You've got karma. It's rough. That's rough. Uh, Sir Larry has been a great sponsor of the show, so we appreciate it. He's a great guy, and it's unfortunate, but he'll be back. Anyway, we'll go on back to our thank. We want to thank Sean Palladino, or Palladino. Uh, Yeah, I haven't done him yet. Yeah, it's Cinnamon Brother. What kind of a town name is Cin- this? Cinnamonson, Cinnamonson, New Jersey. It's sure, where- it's not Cinnamonson. Something. Well, whatever. Cinnamonson. No, Cinnamonson. He like that. He can get two intelligent, independent viewpoints about the world from her show. He likes that. No agenda and democracy now, multiple times a week. Well, that's yeah, interesting well, that he would he listen just, to he them just as the dropped a point. Yeah. As a counterpoint, <laughs> you guys are more anti-government. While democracy now is more anti-corporation, we're anti—we're not anti-anything. Actually. No, we're, we're not. An- nice, we're anti-douchebags. I think is the only thing we are. Exactly. Nice contrasting views to keep me informed about the world. I've been listening to your show for a month. Uh, after a month, believe me, after two months, uh, Sean, you won't be listening to democracy. <laughs> no. Yeah, it'll it'll go. Uh, he needs a de douching for waiting so long to donate fifty dollars. <laughs> You've been de douched. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Also, Jeffrey Anderson of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, fifty dollars and fifty cents in the morning. John and Adams, my first donation in a mentionable amount. So I would like to receive another de douching. He needs one. You've been de douched. Almost hit the double shot. Here's your karma. Karma. There you go. Yeah, kind of a double shot. Needs to land a new job as part of the must, 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 much sought after change or change of careers all the best to both of you and safe tra- travels to adam on the hot pockets across america 2008 tour is it too much to ask for everyone to please rise for the playing of the national anthem we'll play that at some point we'll, yes we'll play it at the bradley, end of the show brad excellent bradley serbu enables florida 50 donald donald martin in Atlanta. Atlantic Beach, Florida, fifty dollars. George, our Sir Black Knight, George Vanderhorst, in Cat's Home, uh, <laughs> Netherlands. Cat's Hovel. Yeah, it's a hovel for cats. <laughs> That's right. Fifty dollars. And here's Sir Chris Geelan. Geelan. Uh, hey, John and At. Geelan. Geelan. President Obama. With net mere one year, his jarig on om dot zin skip logic foot jip programmered is. <laughs> what? It's running the money with that one. Okay, good try. I will I will give it to you now. President Obama weet niet meer wanneer hij jarig is omdat zijn skip logic fout geprogrammeerd is. Translation. President Obama no longer knows what his birthday is because his skip logic has been incorrectly programmed. Mm. Mm. I thought I nailed it. Yeah, close. Megan, Megan Upson in Tukwila, Washington. Uh, Tukwila, sorry. Tukwila. 
I thought, that, yeah, in the morning to you, please give producer credit and a big shout out to come to my husband, Eric Upson, for his birthday. We got him down. I also want to mention we hold have on, another birthday. Hold on. I want to- karma. I'm just giving him the karma. Just giving him the karma. Can you also put, we have a, a make good for Joseph Costello. Can you put him down as a, a belated birthday for, from July 17th from his, uh, from his daughter, Mary? How did we screw that up? I, I, we talked about it, and you forgot about it. But anyway. <laughs> from his daughter, Mary. Okay, I got it. I got it. Joseph Costello. Yeah, got it. Uh, t- uh, Tim Humor in uh, Pelzer, South Carolina. Should be, you should be able to track him down. He's right there. Where, he's right next door. Yeah. Here's a donation for the gas fund for the Hot Pockets Tours, $50, which would be good for a few gallons. I missed the meetup in Asheville, or sometimes known as Sheville. If the tour comes close by again, he's in South Carolina uh, there, uh, Tim. I would like to request a toot from the train whistle from Don- John. Keep up the great work. Uh... I have the train whistle on the shelf, but I'll go grab it. Hang on. <laughs> All aboard. Train's good. Plane's bad. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Nice. Nice. It's back in play. All right. And uh, that'll be it for today's yeah. uh, producers. All right. Then uh, one more uh, producer that I already mentioned as a uh, Hot Pockets producer. Uh, that would be, uh, let me just get it here. Uh, Ciro Picurio, uh, $100 uh, for gas money for the Hot Pockets 2008 tour. We highly appreciate that. Uh, I have a couple other uh, quick karma stories. Uh, we already talked about uh, Sir Larry, which uh, totally sucks. Uh, uh, I did get one from uh, John Davis Jr. Adam, just want to update you on your no agenda karma. Since you have bestowed me with your bestowed, bestowed, bestowed me with your massive karma, I had seven job proposals. Seven. We also managed to lower our payments, get a bigger vehicle, a 2004 Toyota Sienna. So I'll be able to f- tell you that your karma really works. You and John will be getting money from me as soon as I get my new job <coughs> to provide more for my little slaves. Uh, bad news uh, from uh, Sam Jones from Virginia. This is a sh- crappy story. Adam, it's Sam from Virginia. We had a, such a great time meeting you and Mickey and all the listeners However, uh, the weekend didn't end well when my brother Matt drove back to Newport News Sunday night. He was robbed in front of his apartment building as he was getting out of his car. They took his wallet, phone, iPod, and MacBook. I'm requesting some karma for him so he can hopefully find the perps and deal with him appropriately. There you go. You've got karma. Which really, really sucks. Um... So thank you all very much for uh, supporting the show. We came up a little bit short. Uh, it is the summer months. Um, but, of course, uh, the things that really work well are those uh, monthlies, the $5, the 1111. Re- reminder that we have a show 333 coming up. This is a really big one. <coughs> and, of course, um, uh, we have the lovely night rings for those of you who uh, reach knighthood status. And I've heard a lot of people uh, on the trip so far you know, look at the ring and say, wow, you know, I, I really want to get one of those. Uh, it is kind of the, the pinnacle of... Uh, of support for uh, the program. So let me uh, mind control you for a second. Dvorak.org slash N-A It's your birthday, birthday. Oh, no, Here we go with the birthday.
birthday list, starting it right off with a faux pas on our part, mine, I guess. Joseph Costello, uh, his birthday was on uh, the 17th of July. His daughter Mary sent in a, uh, a donation, and uh, congratulations for him. So sorry, Joseph, but you know what? You're getting old anyway. Happy birthday to you, my friend, and from uh, your daughter, Mary. Anthony Cosimano, his brother John's birthday, is on the 22nd of July. Happy birthday to you. David C. Pugh uh, says happy birthday to himself and his twin douchebag brother Don, who turns 36 on Friday. Megan Upson congratulates her husband, Eric Upson, and David Bucker, or Bucker, turns 31 today. Happy birthday from all your friends here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah. <laughs> nice. Unfortunately, no knighthoods, but uh, as we said, uh, came up a little bit short. Uh, also, we have the podcast licenses. I am behind uh, on dishing them out, but uh, the 33... You're 33, behind in your work. Yeah, I am. Well, this, uh, this, you know what? That's what the you. butcher said when he backed into the meat grinder. Ah! Hot pocket in the morning! So... I guess that's it. We're done. No, I don't think so. Well, let me let me start uh, the second part of the show with the, going to what I believe now is the code page on the New York Times, which is page 10. And just read this a couple of stories for you uh, that you didn't hear about anything. You know, we have uh, we have one guy in uh, you, you mentioned this some shows ago. How about none of the world's great leaders ever get cancer or right. have any problems? Right. right. And of course, then Hugo Chavez has got a, apparently nut cancer or something with a tumor the size of a baseball. He's blaming Hillary. I read an article that he was on his TV show saying that all of the evil people in the State Department have given me cancer. <coughs> this would be your theory, too. Yeah. The Kazakhstan guy, Kazakh chief, is said to be in Germany after surgery. That's a top story on the upper page of A10. Uh, also, U.S. stepping back, taking a bigger role in Mideast peace push. And here's one that I thought was interesting. Again, on the same page... France says Gaddafi could stay in Libya if he agrees to give up his power. Yeah, you know that uh, the State Department had a meeting with uh, Gaddafi's guys. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Yeah, they had a meeting. Oh, no, I do it with his guys. Yeah, not with him, but with yeah, with his uh, yeah, with, with his guys and with his spokesholes. And then Lucifer comes out again and confirms that uh, the TNC is our elocutor, whatever it is, collaborator. Was that word? Interlocor, interlocor, interlocor. Interlocor. Oh, inter- oh, I knew. <laughs> interlocutor. Yeah, interlocutor. Which I don't. Why don't just say our buddies, and uh, and, and we're going to give them all the money that we stole, so that they can. Uh, it's actually a very interesting uh, quote, uh, so that they can uphold all of their contracts. So I guess the whole idea is, you go in, you kick out the guy who's keeping the profit. Then you get uh, a couple of shills in there. You make them the government. This is effectively what's happened. You plant a European flag in uh, in Benghazi saying, okay, here we are. You give those guys billions of dollars, and then you take the profit from their own money. <laughs> I know it's hilarious. Yeah, it's a good system. You got you to you just got to admire you it. Got, yeah, got, you got to hand it same- to them. On the same page, there's a little section of world briefing, which are the shorter stories that need to be talked about. Uh, uh, Italy, two setbacks for Berlusconi. Uh, France has delayed another nuke uh, reactor. Uh, 1,800 people just lost their citizenship in Canada. Oh, really? And 
people who scammed their way into citizenship and didn't pay the big bucks like you're supposed to. Yeah. And then deadly quake hits in three nations. And then on page 11, you got food crisis in Somalia is a famine, says the United Nations. Yeah, hold on. Two things. So first, Kyrgyzstan got hit by uh, an earth, but and, and it is the earthquake machine. Once again, only like, you know, very shallow, very shallow earthquake. Uh, 6.3, I believe. Now, we remember that Kyrgyzstan was on the map. That was even in the uh, uh, in the video game, Call of Duty. Wasn't it Call of Duty, the new one that has Kyrgyzstan? We're all going to go to Kyrgyzstan. That's where, that's where it's all happening. Yeah. 6.2 magnitude earthquake <coughs> rumbled in Kyrgyzstan, killing at least 13 people. Uh, uh, a little more than half a mile deep. So, well, it uh, says, according to the Times, that 13 people were killed in Uzbekistan, and nobody was killed in Kyrgyzstan. Huh. Uh, this is from uh, UPI. Interesting. Huh. Well, there's a discrepant piece of information then. Yeah, indeed. Which might have some, some, some I don't know, might mean something. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, that's kind of like the, the top, well, I don't know, code news. I don't know what, what the code is. There's a, also, last story is Ireland, Parliament blames Vatican for covering up pedophile cases. And that, that to me just says that the Irish are going to stick the Vatican with a bill because they're to prop up their banks. It's going to have been a bank. Well, how does that work? We say if you, don't, if you guys don't pay up, we'll tell about all the kitty prawn you've been uh, propagating. Is that how it works? That is probably it. Probably is a uh, an extortion thing behind it. Yeah, why not? So CNN has a new uh, shill for the Pentagon. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but he's he's on all the time now, and he keeps talking about sources. My sources in the Pentagon, yeah, and we know how this works. Yeah, you have a source. It's called your handler, only you don't know it, and he's and he's not naming these sources. And uh, well, there's just so much going on. Two things. Number one. Uh, and this, of course, is to help propagate the message that Karzai, that's the guy who wears the uh, calf fetus hat on his head, who was the president of Afghanistan, won't allow um, the United States primarily to uh, take over their central bank. So here's how Wolf Blitzer and this douche, here's how they uh, talk about it. Get this, billions and billions of U.S. taxpayer dollars billions. missing in Afghanistan. Billions. Billions of dollars. Billions. Correspondent Chris Lawrence. John, how many? Billions. Billions of dollars. It just, and make sure you heard it. Billions of dollars. Hello, do you hear the billions? The details for us, uh, Chris, at a time of economic difficulty and they're looking to save money all of a sudden billions billions in afghanistan what's going on yeah well basically this federal audit shows that about 10 years in the u.s still only has limited visibility of what happens to billions of dollars once we send it to afghanistan billions billions senator claire mccaskill who has been tracking government waste in these contracts she gives it away by the way for several years she gives it away we had pallets of cash walk away in Iraq, and I was hopeful, after doing a lot of oversight in Iraq, that we had learned a lot of lessons from that. This report says all those lessons have not been learned, because clearly we have to be able to track the currency as it flows to contractors, as it flows to subcontractors. And the lack of cooperation in the Afghanistan banking system uh, is not helping us with our oversight responsibility. Are we stupid or what? 
Billions and billions and billions and billions. Pallets full of money. Meanwhile, we're living the American dream, everybody. The American dream of just getting by. In fact, I think it's time to play uh, that uh, part from our president one more time. Just so you know, let me repeat. Billions and billions and billions of dollars being handed out to government contractors, shredding computers, doing whatever they want in sand and killing people. And here at home... In the end, the folks I hear from in letters or meet when I travel across the country, they aren't asking for much. They're just looking for a job that covers their bills. That's They're right. looking for a little financial security. That's right. They want to know that if they work hard and live within their means, everything will be all right. They'll be able to get ahead and give their kids a better life. That's the dream each of us has for ourselves and our family. <laughs> that's right. John, that that's my so, dream. You know, every time I hear that, I get so irked. That is so pathetic. It's my that dream. Is, that's what the president thinks of the public. Yeah. 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 It's American dream. Just getting by. Screw. Yeah. We're going to give all this money away. Meanwhile, we're going to give it to the bankers and the and the bullcrappers in, in uh, Iraq. And we're just going to lose a lot of it. We don't because we don't care. We're just yeah. throwing it around. We lose it. So what? Yeah, that's right. Billions and billions and billions. Not to mention the potholes on the highways in this country. <laughs> John C. DeVorak's pet peeve of the day. Actually, I got to say the interstate system rocks. Only Boy. down there. Oh, Only my gosh. Only down there. It, uh, Highway 80 outside of my house here is an interstate system, and it's filled with potholes. Yeah, you go down to Alabama where all, all these pork barrel projects ended up, and, yeah, you can drive down some six-lane road with nobody on it and the thing's smooth as, as can be, but so what? That's just a scam. It's nice driving. great roads down in the south. Where's the good roads in California where they've taken all our money? Yeah. Well, shut up, slave. It's great well, down here. 405. Look, look at the traffic down in Southern California. <laughs> hey, how was how was Carmageddon, by the way? I didn't hear anything. How did it, it end? It turns out it was another scambola. Oh. One of these deals where, oh, we're going to have to shut down. They're going to, oh, well, we'll bonus you if you can get the job done faster. Oh. So they got the job done in like half the time, and they got a huge millions of extra dollars. Oh, you're kidding me. And everyone's They've happy. They've done that time and time again. Time and time again, this goes on. Oh, man. Really? They offer them a bonus. They get the job done in, in record time and take the money. And they spent millions of dollars getting everyone to tell everyone to stay away so that they could actually do their job and play some golf. Wow. I hate yeah, that. Total scam. So, um, new report out, John. New report. Be very, very afraid, everybody. <laughs> yeah, we got some terror, 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 terror. Be, be afraid, terror, terror, terror. A terror warning. Thousands of our most critical facilities, including nuclear power plants, on alert. After U.S. officials say some may have already been penetrated by potential terrorists trying to pull an inside job. I love it. Penetrated by potential terrorists mm. trying to pull an inside job. Great line, great script writing. That deserves an Emmy. For the compromised ABC News. ABC's Brian Ross broke the story of this new warning, which comes just weeks before the 9-11 anniversary. Good morning, Brian. That's yeah. right, Robin. Oh, Ryan. just weeks. Yeah, week. just weeks. Oh, it gets better. This intelligence report focuses on concerns that terrorists are trying to gain recruits inside major U.S. utilities. The hundreds of chemical plants, oil refineries, and power plants in this country provide a tempting target for terrorists. As tempting target for terrorists. Do they tempting do, target for terrorists today. Do they, <laughs> do they understand that, that this is like script writing 101? You do that, 
You always do that. Yeah, this if is you what come you do. up with an alliteration, you always do it. It's just a rule. Tempting target for terrorists. Three, three, three. Especially if an insider helps. There are a lot of very sensitive facilities where someone can get a job on the inside, can get access to a control room, flip a switch, and boom! Uh, which causes an electric <laughs> power grid to short circuit. Yeah, the power grid. You know what? It's not terrorist, douche. It's our people can actually flip those switches, just so you know. Causes a pipeline to explode. Boom! Homeland Security Intelligence Report issued this week. By the way, it's uh, this is Richard Clark who is talking, obviously. Oh, Richard Clark is such a... This guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, listen, listen. And they got another... They're all consultants. They're all part of this cabal. Insider threat to utilities warns that violent extremists have, in fact, obtained insider positions. Woo! If someone were determined and had the right access... Uh, the amount of damage that they could inflict could affect thousands of lives. The U.S. was stunned last year after the arrest in Yemen of an alleged American recruit to Al-Qaeda, Sharif Mobley of New Jersey, who, it turned out, had been employed at five different U.S. nuclear power plants in and around Pennsylvania, able to pass federal background checks. Many of these Al-Qaeda sympathizers can pass background checks because there's nothing on file anywhere that says they're an Al-Qaeda sympathizer living here in the United States. There you go. That's Richard Clark. You could be an Al-Qaeda sympathizer living here in the United States. Important information for the next clip. Documents found in the compound of Osama bin Laden. A treasure trove. Show he was pushing for a major attack in the U.S. to match the scale of 9-11. Because he's totally stupid and thinks that's the great time to do it. When everyone's on high alert, that's when we're going to pull a fast one. They'll never know what came. <laughs> And Al-Qaeda has already put the word out for recruits in its online magazine <laughs> called Inspire. Yeah. Did you read your uh, monthly copy of Inspire, John? Did you see the uh, recruit you know, I stopped ad? reading that piece of crap some time back, but I should start in again. Because obviously that's where they have all their classified ads yeah, in the back. And they got they, Craigslist. With the programs, we were planned to do this and that, and it's all in there. Hey, just so you know, yeah. Wait, no, listen, they actually have, I think they're going to quote the ad. Looking for Brothers of Our who have specialized expertise and those who work in sensitive locations. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> wanted. Help wanted. Brothers in arms who work in places of sensitive expertise. Respond to al Shababi Wabi Dabi. <laughs> Please do not contact this poster with commercial information. Photos upon requests. Yeah, that's just above the, the ad for the mop man in the peak show uh, exactly. facility. Homeland Security says it has no specific credible threats for any oh, here's the disclaimer. one utility, but that operators should understand their employees, especially disgruntled ones, oh. will be targeted for recruitment as saboteurs, Robin. You could be a disgruntled uh, saboteur. Saboteur. Disgruntled. <laughs> If you got a job in this country, why would you be disgruntled <laughs> about anything? <laughs> and listen, listen to Robin, who actually comes back. To keep in mind, it's hard to believe we're coming up on the ten-year anniversary of Oh, that's right. A lot of concern about yeah, what might and happen. nothing's happened. Yeah, no, listen, no, it's no. hard to believe that we're coming up on ten years and nothing's happened, even though the whole population has been been sedated and and, and badgered and crap crapped on by the TSA, and nothing's happened. Recruitment as saboteurs, Robin. Something to keep in mind. It's hard to believe we're coming up on the ten-year anniversary of not only. That's right. A lot of concern about what might happen between now and then. Oh, what might happen between now and then? Play what the douchebag. Play the douchebag thing. <laughs> take it. Douchebag. No, it gets better. It gets better. Because remember yeah. how um, 
they were talking about uh, the Al-Qaeda now having a new CEO. <laughs> I'm telling you. So this is now, this is, I think... Chairman, Al- new chairman and CEO, No, it I was believe. CEO. It was just CEO. So now... Who's the, the chairman? Well, whatever. So here's this, uh, this douche guy from... Uh, oh, we got to stop saying it. But unfortunately, they all are. Um, who's on CNN, who get his handler passes on this information to him. He just he, he treats it like it's a, a multinational corporation with the verbiage he's using. Well, Brooke, uh, the homeland is always going to be uh, under threat of attack, but... Always. Just so you know, John, it's always going to be under threat of attack. Always. I can barely hear it. Okay. Hit it up. No, hold on. Uh, this is the only problem I have with... Uh, uh, let me pot it up a bit for you. Okay, hold on. You just got to hear this guy. He's outrageous. Uh, okay. Well, Brooke, uh, the homeland is always going to be uh, under threat of attack, but Americans abroad may have more reason to worry under al-Qaeda's new leadership. New leadership. Here's why. To his last day, Osama bin Laden was obsessed with staging a spectacular attack here in the United States. Spectacular! But his successor, Ayman al-Zawahi, officials tell us, is more willing to stage regional attacks overseas, going after diplomats, U.S. military installations, uh, even uh, companies, Western companies and Americans working abroad. Uh, Some of those companies may not have the security procedures that some U.S. institutions would have. You know what that is? That's a total uh, sales job for uh, Z, formerly known as Blackwater. We need more security, more uh, more government-sponsored armies, private armies. And and probably some machines. Machines. We need some machines in uh, front of buildings that people have to walk oh, yeah, through. Of course. Several reasons for this. One, security is beefed up here, and officials say you need a more specialized operative to crack American security today. Uh, another reason is that al-Qaeda has been dealt a few setbacks. Yeah. I mean, you look at what Osama bin Laden brought to the table, and he had a tremendous amount of patience. He would nurture a plot for years and years, whereas you look at the last couple plots, the, the Christmas Day bomber, whose explosives started smoldering on board of the plane now not on board the plane in his crotch and let people subdue him the Times square bomber from last year whose explosive failed to detonate yet another guy that wasn't stopped by security but by human resources they had not been provided sufficient amount of training to to work those improvised explosive devices hmm. so hmm. you may have a less capable uh, a rushed sort of operation out there uh, and so that may lead to more regional attacks more aligned with some of the al-qaeda affiliates ah regional affiliates uh in, in what they have in mind let me ask you Please. now do you can you hear cnn's new background noise they have they've taken a turn on the old ticker tape you remember where you see the teletype in the background of yeah, the newsroom did, 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 right. so now they have like a john c dvorak keyboard tap listen carefully so, you know if you will the, the home office and the satellite office you have al-qaeda and you have a, the very powerful offshoot uh, al-qaeda in the arabian peninsula any chance chris these groups they'll be locking arms joining forces more powerful force yeah, there, there was some talk about, uh, some reports actually, of uh, Zawahi merging, merging. Uh, with Anwar al-Awlaki, one of the key figures of al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Uh, U.S. official we spoke with uh, doesn't really see that. He says, well, 
this idea of a merger for all intents and purposes, <laughs> Al-Qaeda and Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, they, they work together, they already ally, so in some respects they're already there. And as for the two men themselves, they're very different. They come from very different backgrounds. It's like talking about a merger of banks. It's just, it's, it's like, exactly like talking about a merger of banks. It's like, you know, this is crap. These people should be ashamed of themselves because they say that somebody's calling me out on saying that too often. Yeah. And I said, but you what know am what I'm supposed to say? Yeah. I, I said, why don't you make a no agenda ashamed of you dot com site and uh, document it? Of course, this guy, the unknown, unknown person inside the Pentagon tells us they're merging a merger of sorts. You know, we've got regional activity. We've got affiliates. What is it? What is it going to make? Super Al Qaeda? Super Al Qaeda LLC. Uh, <laughs> now there, there's a clip. Yeah, you said at the beginning. <laughs> I can't, I can't edit. Super Al Qaeda LLC. Uh, by the way, uh, this just in for Mister Oil. He says the whole thing in Cyprus. It's not the oil. It's the oil dollar. He says ninety-five percent of all Russian oil companies have affiliate firms or sister firms in Cyprus. In some places, Cyprus is populated only by Russians. Well, that that turned that twists it into something new, doesn't that it? That twists things a little bit. That turns it around. Good. So that's why uh, it's still Lucifer would be uh, siding with Turkey. Yeah, but why is Sarbanes? What is Sarbanes? You I, now I I didn't think it was important to play that clip. We're going to play it now, but. Well, it's a long clip. I, okay. I, you have to play it at the end of the show because we can't sit here through five minutes. Of this. It's four minutes and 30 seconds. It's really a long clip. Why not? Why don't we just listen to it? Uh, All right. Listen yeah, to it and see if you've got something. We'll Go listen for to it. it. Yeah, it's worth it. Uh, the chair recognizes the gentleman from Maryland, Mr. Sarbanes, for five minutes. Mr. Speaker, I rise today, as I do each year, on the anniversary of Turkey's unlawful invasion of Cyprus to again call upon Turkish authorities to end the 37-year military occupation of this island nation. The tragic history of the occupation is well documented. Sadly, with each passing year, still more indignities are visited upon the Cypriot people. On Christmas morning 2010, a large number of Orthodox Christians made their way to the St. Senecio's Church. During the prayer service, the, the Turkish occupation authorities barged into the church, drove out the worshipers, and sealed the doors of the building. This was an assault on religious freedom. A few months ago, on May 2nd, Turkish occupation authorities demolished the 200-year-old chapel of St. Thecla, located in the village of Vokolida. This, too, was an assault on religious freedom. These are among countless examples of the systematic repression and destruction of the Orthodox Christian faith that is carried on by Turkish authorities on the island. The United States Commission on International Religious Freedom, the body that is tasked by this Congress on the state of religious freedom throughout the world in terms of advising us on that situation reports that gross violations of religious freedom occur in the areas under the control of the Turkish occupation authorities. Turkey's foreign minister, the Honorable Ahmet Davutoglu, has proclaimed that Turkey's foreign policy is rooted 
in the doctrine of, quote, zero problems with its neighbors, unquote. Unfortunately, the fruits of this doctrine appear to be wholly absent in Turkey's relations with the Republic of Cyprus. Under the auspices of the United Nations, Turkey agreed as a confidence-building measure in 1979 to withdraw and hand over the uninhabited city of Famagusta to its rightful inhabitants. Despite the annual calls of the United Nations for Turkey and the Turkish occupation authorities to honor this agreement, Famagusta remains a ghost town. The international community continually demands the withdrawal of the overwhelming Turkish military presence on Cyprus. <laughs> However, the Turkish occupation authorities have not even considered a reduction of military troops. As a candidate country seeking accession to the European Union, Turkey has been advised to open its air and seaports to the Republic of Cyprus as a condition for the further negotiation of the accession chapters. Turkey nonetheless refuses to open its ports to Cypriot flagged vessels. Cypriot, Cyprus will hold the presidency of the European Union in the second half of 2012. Rather than seize the opportunity to put its quote zero problems doctrine into effect, Foreign Minister Devotoglu just the other day threatened the European Union that Turkey will freeze relations with that body when the Republic of Cyprus holds its presidency. Mr. Speaker, this is not the conduct of a country serious about joining the family of democratic nations. The United States, the European Union, and the United Nations all call for a just and lasting settlement that reunifies Cyprus as a bizonal, bicommunal federation. After 37 years of broken promises, it is high time that this chamber demand that Turkey conduct itself in accordance with the standards and values expected of a democracy, a member of NATO, and a candidate country of the European Union. I yield back my time. So, if we take that into mind, if we take into mind that Lucifer wants Greek dead, Greece dead... And she's in there saying, oh, I love Istanbul. It's my favorite city. I party. And she got her hair done. What does this tell you about the Russians and the Chinese? I don't know. There's a, there's a couple of interesting memes that came up in here I want to mention, just, in the, just to throw it into the trying to deconstruct what's going on here. First of all, uh, Fon Lagusta is a ghost town. Why? He mentioned it twice, and it's a ghost. Some t town they've 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 taken everybody out of the town, and they they occupy. There's nobody living there. Okay, what is that all about? And what does he mean by bi-zonal and bi-communal? Oh, it's uh, it's kind of like bi-curious, only with toilet brushes. Apparently, now uh, the funny thing was I you know I was interviewing Bruce Sterling when I was doing that Big Thinker show, and he talked about visiting Cyprus. And he said, we actually made the comment that he's going to try to travel less because it was such a harrowing experience that you can almost get killed. Apparently, it's not a good tourist place. You can get <laughs> killed there. <laughs> okay. No, that, that, would, that would rank low on my places to visit in that case. Anyway, and then Sarbanes is trying to turn it into a religious wars thing because he never said it. But let's face it, he was hinting at it. Yeah. Christians were being rousted by Turks. Well, wait a minute, Muslims. 
So this is this whole story. This Cyprus thing is 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 got so much. It's it's so shrouded in kind of obscure, you know, obscure with obscure information, memes, and all the rest of it. That there's something going on there. I guess it's been going on for a while, and nobody pays much attention to it because it's been it's been established since the seventies. I guess it's weird. Mister Oil just said to top it off, Russians don't need visas to travel to Cyprus. They can just hop on the plane. So Russia owns Cyprus. Yeah, literally. Except for the Turks, I so don't know. So how, how far is uh, so? How where does Cyprus lie in relation to um, Syria? Nowhere near. Well, <laughs> nowhere. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know, but we're doing some deals with the Russians. That's for sure. We're definitely doing deals with the Russians, and it must be to combat China. I don't see any other way. Anyway. Uh, I, I just find that this is very... I don't know what to make of it. Let me just wind up I'm with some... Let me take a look. Let me wind up with some great uh, Haiti well, news. Before you do that, well, before you do that, I want to take a look at the the proximity. Uh, okay, Cyprus is interesting because it's... Well, you know, it's right off the coast of Syria. What did I tell you? What do so you know? Cyprus is between uh, Turkey, which is north of Syria, and it's also the northern border. There you go. And... Uh, Essentially, it's across from, well, Lebanon. It's, it's also close to Lebanon, Syria. Oh, so it's str- strategically, it's great. Hold on a second. Mika, you've been to Cyprus, you said? Cyprus is... Come, you gotta, you got to come closer. you got to come closer, otherwise we can't hear. Only really big fed Russians you got to come close. you got to come... You gotta, this is, no, you, no, you got to talk here. This say it. It's a horrible place. I jump into the pool, and the only thing I see is like 25 huge Russian ugly men with hair on their backs and just very rude and loud and screaming. It was... Ugh, it was horrible. <laughs> there you go. First-hand report. <laughs> From, uh, <laughs> Cyprus, uh, this is... Here's the, uh, the holiday destination guide. Do you like Russian bears? Then Cyprus is for you. You too can get yelled by horrible fat Russian guys in the pool. All right, All right so, so we'll, there you go. We'll so, so it's global politics. It's obvious. We, the, Russia's got their uh, military base in, in Syria. We still haven't entered Syria, but we are helping out. You know, maybe maybe we'll let the Russians do it. Maybe we're giving Russians. We we'll say, hey, Russia, you know what? You, you you take care of Cyprus. You already got that. And then why don't you uh, why don't you guys walk into Syria? Well, there seems to be, again, one of these little strategic things going on with between different agencies, intelligence or otherwise. The State Department wants uh, Turkey in Cyprus, it seems to me, with the Clinton initiative. But Sarbanes, who represents, I guess, some other group of people with a vested interest, wants Turkey out. Maybe the guy has a conscience. I don't know what what Sarbanes, the guy who put Sarbanes Oxley in one of the most onerous pieces of legislation in the history of the United States. That guy, yeah, he's a Christian. He wants some. He's got a Christian vibe going on. It's like ah, Christians get uh, rousted. Anyway, clearly we have to do more work. But I don't think you heard this on CNN, did you? Did you get hammered once again by stupid Murdoch stories? In the United Kingdom, people are glued to their television and radio sets, which they pay for, I might add. <clears throat> you have to pay for that in order to listen. You have to have a license, an actual license to listen to radio and watch television. All this, all that it is, Murdoch, Murdoch, Murdoch. It's a big distraction, and things are going on around you, my friends, that you are not being told. And everyone's taken, never let a good crisis go to waste. And that's what we do. At least that's what we attempt to do. We're not much. We're just, you know, a writer and a DJ. 
<laughs> Would Rush you, Limbaugh's a DJ. Yeah. Would you categorize it any different? He's a he's a he's a drug addict. <clears throat> uh, I'm an ex drug. Four hundred million dollars. I think that's the real difference. Yeah. You know what? I don't want four hundred million dollars. I just want to live the American dream of just getting by. Yeah. And, and right now we're still eating the airplane. So uh, please consider us in your dreams. Dvorak.org slash na. Just a thought. So what? Before you, as you as you fade out, tell us where the where the where the little van is headed. The little van <clears throat> is headed to Jacksonville, darling. Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville tonight. Are you going to go through, through Saint Augustine? Are we going through Saint Augustine to get there? Uh, she, now you thought you threw a curveball at her, and then after Jacksonville, we're going to Tampa, and Tampa. Can, will I, have can the, I say something before you go on and on? Yes. You have to go through Saint Augustine. Okay, Mickey. We have to go. It's through the oldest Saint Augustine. settlement in the United States. It's a beautiful town, and Jacksonville is basically a crap hole. Well, we're only staying in Jacksonville overnight. Maybe we should stay overnight in Saint Augustine. That's what I'd say. Mickey's <laughs> like, where is that? It's funny, you know, when you have uh, a European. She's like, what state is Madison in again? It's like every, like 15 times a day. Uh, where was Baltimore? And, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it, but, you know it's, for us, it's easy, right? You know, it's like we've grown up Baltimore, Maryland. It's like, uh, you know, what city is... Ca- what co- uh, Mickey, what color is the White House? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Who's buried in Grant's tomb? <laughs> well, that's a good question. That's not necessarily Grant. Um, let me see. We have a couple of uh, people to thank. Uh, of course, uh, Baroness Maggie Vincent of Virginia and the uh, mysterious Mr. Smith. Um, apparently, it was Mr. Smith's idea, actually, to give us the uh, the RV. And I guess he manhandled uh, the Baroness <laughs> to actually uh, make her uh, give it up. But we are so incredibly thankful as uh, we use this Hot Pockets mobile to make the, the, the miles roll on by. It really is uh, a fantastic support of the show. Uh, could not be uh, more thankful of that. Um, what else? Uh, well, so meet up in Tampa, and uh, I guess we're going to try and hit St. Augustine uh, this evening. And uh, <clears throat> short couple of days, we're going to stay in Tampa for three days, John. So that we oh, have, uh, yeah. Well, we're going to get uh, to St. Augustine. Is why? Have you ever driven across America? It's a lot of driving, dude. Yeah, you got to sleep. Well, I'll tell you a couple things about Tampa's got an old town. Yeah, that is absolutely fantastic. And it's called something else. It's not called Tampa. It's called (laughs) it's called Hill or something. I can't remember the name of it. Al Qaeda on the eastern Florida Peninsula. (laughs) No, it's a really nice little place. (laughs) Tampa, you'll like, and Tampa's got the absolute best. Uh, not that I would know, but I've read about them. Uh, stripper uh, lap dance places. Mm. All right. We'll report. Thanks to all the human resources in the chat room for being there for us once again. Thank you to all the artists who always do a great job. Thank you to everybody donating, supporting the program. No commercials here. We're just trying to get by. So uh, we will talk to you again on uh, Sunday. Right now, coming to you from the place with great... Was it uh, beautiful people and beautiful places? South Carolina in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And uh, with no further ado, and from northern Silicon Valley, where it's a temperate uh, 61 degrees, I'm John C. Dvorak. No Agenda producer update is next on the live stream. Ms. Mickey will be telling uh, all about uh, the logistics behind uh, the uh, roadshow. 
Uh, and I have to give her some major, major props as well. She's maintaining a, a great travelogue. Unfortunately, on Facebook, but there you go. What are you going to say? Uh, we'll talk to you again on Sunday, everybody, right here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A.